We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. What up, everybody, and welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from a random location. Now I'm just playing. We're at the Cosmo Hotel in Las Vegas. So get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing, and MMA talk. I'm Kel Damsby, Sasha Banks Bay, in case you didn't know. That was so corny. I'm Andreas Hill, uh, journalist for Ring Magazine, Share Dog, and a bunch of other people. And I'm Marcus Vandenberg, editor of Yahoo Sports and the third member of uh, The New Day. Woo! And today, we'll be previewing WWE Battleground. We'll be discussing Mayweather versus Birdo. And for some reason, Andreas wants to attack the future Hive. I know they're coming at him in full strength. But first, we have to talk about UFC 189 because we were all there. And Conor McGregor did his thing. Listen, listen. We, I attached my, my cart to the hype train, and I feel good. Like I feel good that I was able to be right. I was worried for a minute. Kind of had me worried because he was taking a lot of shots from Chad. He took a lot of big shots. But McGregor did what he said he was going to do. He was going to start the little leprechaun, and that's exactly what he did. So easy. It, it was easy, but, I mean, that first round, I was like, ooh, this wrestling. He couldn't figure it out. No. Uh, we found out later about just some knee injury that he wasn't really training with wrestling skills. So it's like, you know, uh, going forward, that's something he needs to prove on. But those fists, man. Yeah, he's a tough dude to strike with. Yo, you don't need defense when you have a great offense. This is true. Not in MMA. You're, when your offense is untouchable, the hell with defense. He was just like, I'm going to lay here, throw a couple elbows from the floor, and sooner or later, Chad, you're going to get tired and we're going to stand up, knock your ass out. And that's what he did. Second round. He called it, too. Second round. I mean, first he said four minutes. He said he was going to get him out of there in four minutes. But maybe he thought about the knee injury and reconsidered. He was like, you know, I'm going to go next round with him. The most impressive thing about Conor McGregor was his chin. 
Um, Chad Mendes is taking a lot of people out with those that overhand yeah. right and those combinations. And McGregor stood up to him and said, hey, fucker, you want to give me more? And like, just and kept coming towards him. And even when he got taken down, we, we knew that the two-week camp was going to be an issue. Like, we knew it was going to be something with Chad. Because training for a five-round fight in two weeks, it's just hard to get your cardio up. And the way that Connor was staying busy on the ground, it wore Chad out. And when Chad got up in the second round, when, when he went for that ill-advised guillotine, that team alpha male shit that they do all the time. They love that shit. <laughs> they love the guillotine. And, he, and, and McGregor got up, which is funny because there's a video of Kavanaugh doing the same exact escape that Connor did was like three years ago. And he was like, does this look familiar? So they knew it was coming. As soon as he got up, you saw Chad take a deep breath, and then it was just he was just getting fed knuckle sandwiches. But you'd think Chad would prepare for a five-round fight. Right now, that's all Chad's going to get. What, he's going to fight on Fox Sports 1? He's going to headline it. It's, it's going to be five rounds. But you if gotta he's going to fight for a title. Yeah, you got to prepare for it. Everything he prepares for should be a five-round fight well, at this point. He's headlining yeah. something. In two weeks, though, I to mean, get ready for 25 was, minutes? Before this fight, what was Chad's next fight if he didn't fight Conor? He didn't have one. So, that's, yeah, that was the reason why. He yeah. was, you know, just chilling, not active, probably the way he should have been. Be Chad versus Frankie, I'm assuming. Next? Yeah, but not anytime soon. Not to the point where he should be training for five rounds. So, I mean, I think if Chad had a full training camp to prepare for 25 minutes... It'd be interesting rematch, but I mean, at this point, he's he's he lost his shot. He got paid, but he lost his shot. Five hundred thousand dollars for taking it out. That's not bad. I need to actually do the research I meant to do before I got here. What what Chad's highest payday was with the win bonus? He just got five hundred out the door. That's just it. Take a fight on two weeks. Dana said, "Hey, Jose's down. I'm gonna kill myself if you don't take this fight. Here's <laughs> half a million. I don't give a damn what you do, but you're guaranteed this half a mil. And, and Chad, I know Chad was like, I can beat him. I can beat him. He's a little cocky bastard. I could take him down, and you know, I can hit him. I'll get him out of there. But if I lose, five hundred k. Did you notice how his demeanor after the fight? I mean, he was. He didn't care. No, I he mean, was he wasn't upset at all. He was like, you know what? He kind of backed it up, and I got a check. So we good. Yo, the check is key. 500K yeah. in MMA? That, that's that, that doesn't happen. Money. That's a lot of money. That doesn't happen. You ain't walking out the door, especially when you lose, without a you know a KO bonus, and then you have to have your win bonus to double something. 500K to lose? You you compare that to Rory McDonald, who got his nose smashed in for $58,000. Which is, which is depressing. It is horrible. And I mean, of course, he's going to get some back-end money on top. So Dana's going to put some extra money. Sure. Sure. money now. Yeah. yeah, he got the rebound money, 50000 for fight of the night. He'll be fine, but his it's going to cost all that money to read the figures. Yeah, yeah, the fine, fine. I mean, I don't think they have fighter insurance. So let's talk about that fight real quick. Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler. You picked Rory, Kel. I did pick Rory, and, and I stand by that pick. And it wasn't a bad pick. They nope. said it was a bad pick. But I told you my biggest problem was Rory was what? Takes too long to pull the trigger. Yep. And he, he took too long to Way pull the trigger and ate a lot of punches for took, it. He took one round. No, he took a couple nah, rounds. Nah, he took a couple rounds before he really got Because he didn't land the head round. to the third round. The head was the round three. And but he won round two. No, he won round one. One. Okay, he took one, broke his nose, though. Yeah. yeah. And that's where he was, like, a little too tentative. And but, then going forward, okay, he loses two, wins three and four. He's fine until the nose just smashes in. If he knew he was up three to one, he would have did the usual Rory shit, just slapped people in the forehead, kicked a little bit more, and got the title and got but, up out of it. But here's the issue, all right? You break your nose in the first round, I guarantee you that Rory panicked. And that's why he got more aggressive in the third round. And when he got aggressive in the third round, what happened? It worked. It worked. It worked, yeah. Robbie Lawler is, we know what he's going to do when he comes to the chair. He's going to fight you. He's going to throw hands. He's going to throw feet. He's got great defensive wrestling. You're going to have a hard time taking him down. Warren McDonald's an enigma because he does different things every fight. And he likes to wait. 
But a guy who has that kind of reach, that kind of height, that kind of size should be attacking more often. That head kick didn't miss. When he threw it, it didn't miss. Nah. Waiting to counter on Robbie was his demise because that's what got his nose broke. And that's what made him think that he needed to do something in the third round. That's what eventually got his face smashed in. An aggressive Roy McDonald's hard to beat. He should have been aggressive on this night. He was. I mean, he tried several takedowns. None of them worked. The first time fighting, he landed four takedowns. This time, he got none. So, I mean, Robbie obviously prepared for that. Didn't prepare for the head kick. Got caught a couple times. Rory just had to see it land once. And that's that's what the trigger was. He needed to see something land once. And the third, he landed one. It was like, oh, shit, I'm good. I got this. And then it switched. And then in the fifth... He thought he could do the same, and Robbie just came out with a, a whole different intensity. Well, just, Robbie came out like he was losing the fight, and then he wanted to take it, and which he did. And the nose gave out, and Rory didn't quit. The nose quit. Rory damn near was going to keep fighting until he touched it, and was like, oh, it's yeah, gone. I've never seen a, a, a stoppage like that. where he, I mean, he didn't, hit him, he didn't hit him hard. He barely, no. you know, just a punch in the face, and he was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. Yo, Rory's hands came back up after the punch. <laughs> And then he was, like, about to put his hands back up and kick. And then he was, like, he touched. He was, like, oh, shit, it's gone. Yeah. And it was just flat. And then he, like, fainted. Yeah. That's just, like, out of shock. Like, my nose was there. And then he was out. There was two things. One, I mean, of course, everybody saw the picture as it went viral of Rory's face looking. What did he look like? I can't even explain. Yo, he, he just, like. he went through something. It, like, it was rough. Yeah. That's a rough night. And then the picture came out with him and Robbie at the hospital. Both of them looking demolished. Robbie oh, yeah. actually ended up doing a Cheryl Sunday's podcast the next day. Wow. I talked to Lex McMahon and Roy McDonald's manager, and he said, the kid's in bad shape. I don't know if Roy McDonald's ever going to be the same again after this. You don't want to get hit in the face anymore. Ever again. He's going to be fine. And the reason he's going to be fine is because he's going to see that scorecard. The scorecard changes everything. Now, if you were down, you take an ass whooping, you get hit in the face like that, your nose breaks, all this stuff, maybe you don't come back the same. Maybe there's a difference. But he looks at the scorecard and he says three to one. That's my belt. I had the belt. Three to one. And he's back. His face says, fuck all that. That three to one. $58,000? I don't want to do this again because all his money is going to go to the doctor. Yeah, the plastic surgeon to fix his face. Dana's covering that belt. Dana was such a, a fan of that shit. I'm sure it will, but dude... You, you can't be the same. Like, all right, remember Josh Koscheck after he broke his orbital against GSP? Mm, yeah. If you talk to Koscheck, the first thing Koscheck said was like, I was protective of my eye. Roy's got to be protective of his whole face moving forward. I don't think he's ever going to want to get hit again. He's still the number one contender. Yeah. But until he fights Carlos Condit, who I think is going to end up smashing him the next time he fights. I was about to say, he's going to get hit in the face, whoever he fights next. Because like everyone him. at the top of the division are guys who are just going to come and punch you in the face. What, you're going to fight Big Ring and not think you're going to get punched in the face? But that's what I'm saying. You Condit, like, everyone's going to try to punch him in the face. You can't prepare to be prepared to get th- hit that hard again yeah. and again. And again. But he's been doing it forever. Yeah, but, like but his, 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 his nose punched though. off his face. No, yeah. so I think he takes like yo, I've done this for so many fights and my nose has been fine. Now I've done it for one. Okay, it's an anomaly. Let's go back out there and get this title. I don't know, that reconstructive surgery is something else. I'm telling you, fighters who go through wars like that, a lot of them just aren't the same. We'll see if, if Roy's really got it. That, that, if there's a rematch, I'm picking him again. Well, good, good for you. No, Rory's not fighting anytime no, soon. No, he's, he's not fighting, but he won't fight Robbie either. He's in, he's in the Chad Mendes bus now. You've had two two shots of one guy. You've lost both of them. you got to work your way back. There's no, a, yeah, definitely. The welterweight division is kind of thick right now. I, I I don't know how long Robbie holds the belt. Once again, I, I said he was fat cat syndrome, and 
first round, I didn't think he came out with a crazy amount of intensity. Not Robbie Lawler intensity. I was like, oh, shit, we're going to get Hendricks 2 again. And it's just going to be a slow fight. And then second round, it picked up a little bit. Third round, he get kicked in the head. And then it's like, okay, now it's a war from round 3 to 5. And in 5, he proved me wrong because he was like, shit, my belt is about to be gone. And he showed what he should have showed in the first. When he came out just slugging it. And now that Robbie will have to go five rounds with Carlos Condit. And I don't know if he's going to give that fifth round tenacity again all five rounds. Sooner or later, you just can't be lackadaisical in the first two rounds, three rounds. Someone's going to come and punch you in the face and get you out of there. And the head kick almost did it. Uh, you know what? Robbie Robbie was comfortable. He came out. You saw how comfortable he was. I don't think he was lazy. I think he was waiting to see what Roy was going to do. Because Roy, you have to figure out what he's going to do. I mean, he's an awkward fighter. I mean, yeah. he's one of those dudes where you got to really lay back and, and, you know, just make sure going in, but I'm curious to see if GSP was watching this fight at home wondering, you know what? He ain't never fight again. <laughs> Listen, the drug testing, that's in place yeah. now. Not an issue. Uh, he watched his boy get smashed in. He knows damn well if he comes back, he's getting an automatic title shot probably from the jump. Um, you know, Dana announced UFC 200 earlier this week, earlier last week. Right outside. Right outside where we were looking yeah. at in the building. In so, the I mean... I, it wouldn't surprise me if GSP said, you know what? Why not? What's he got to lose? His nose? The rest <laughs> of his face? Like, <laughs> he looks at Carlos Condit and look what he just did to someone's nose. He just smashed someone's shit in. Just easy, his last fight. And then you look at Rory's face. Noses are just getting broken at an alarming rate in this division. Yeah, it's, it's really rough. And then you look at Hendricks and he's been in there, what, with Hendricks before and he wants none of that. And he's just like, oh, shit. Like, wait, so I come back and I got to get one of these three guys? Uh, I like doing movies. Yeah, I mean. Stunt double. He's uh, real quick. You know, if they pay GSP, $500,000 is a lot of money. And GSP can command more than that. Not to, yeah, I was about to say, not to GSP. And he's a draw. I mean, he'll, he'll you know, make that money back for Dana yeah. on pay-per-view. So. You put him, Connor, and Rory on 200? Woo. I mean, not Rory. Him, Connor, and Ronda on 200. And Punk? And yeah, oh, and Punk, punk. yeah. And punk will probably be in the second fight by that time, yeah. too. Because he'll probably get it. They're giving out. Punk a cupcake. Because 200 man. is the payday. So, so actually, let's talk about 169 as, 189 as a whole. Um, first of all, I've been to a lot of fights. And I've never felt energy like that throughout the entire night. I was at Mayweather Hatton. And the energy was, was high because of the Brits. But mainly, like, right before the main event is when the chance started. This place was full from the, when the pay-per-view started. We got a trashy undercard. It sucked, all right? We're not going to count that. The <laughs> undercard was sucked until Matt Brown fought. But from that point on, that card was unbelievable. And I, th- and I would go ahead and say, like, I, I wrote a piece on Sierra Dog that UFC 189 was everything that Mayweather and Pacquiao wasn't. Mm. All that buzz that you wanted, all that energy, everything that went into Mayweather and Pacquiao went out with a fart because Mayweather basically sucked the energy out of the building because he was too good for Pacquiao. This exceeded all expectations, one fight after the other. From the Almeida knockout and picket, that was an amazing fight. The Almeida flying knee, then what did we have after that? We had Gunnar Nelson and Brandon Thatch, the worst fight on the card, but it ended in the first round finish. Then we had Jerry Stevens, my boy, coming out to <laughs> easy real motherfucking G's. And if anybody can see it on TV, I don't know if I'm, I need to watch it. I lost my shit in press row. <laughs> but that fight, Jeremy Stevens in a, in a, Dennis Bermudez was an amazing fight. Could have been fighting on any other night, but Stevens came in overweight. Then you had a classic with Rory and Robbie Lawler. Yep. Then you had the entrances with Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Just bald and, and beautiful up and, there. And uh, your boy from Stain. Aaron Lewis. 
strumming the guitar and the crowd booing the hell out of him. Man, they couldn't hear shit. Man, disrespectful. What a, <laughs> I mean, but what a spectacle it was. And then you have that fight. And then the Brits usually come up on the short end of this. No, Conor McGregor took home the interim title. He finally got one. And that Vegas. crowd was nuts. Beer was flying Beer, everywhere. Man. <laughs> that was definitely one of the best cards. I mean, one of. One of. I mean, we said the same thing after 187. But the whole production aspect helped and everything. And I think looking back, it, it will stand the test of time. Yeah. And uh, UFC 100 and all that stuff, it's nostalgic. and 100 wasn't that good. No, but it, you know people latch on to it. This was better than that. Yeah. Mark, so, Marcus, what was your, your favorite UFC that you remember up until this point? Um... It might have been 100, because that was my first time watching the UFC show. Okay. And that was in part because of Lesnar and sort of the whole 100 draw and the buzz around that. So, you know, prior to 100, I've gone back and watched a couple cards prior to that, but that's when I really started getting into the, into the sports. I would say 100, but definitely, you know, being there on, on Saturday, I mean, just from top to bottom in terms of the pay-per-view. And even the last fight on the televised, the Fox Sports 100 card. Right, Matt um, Brown. Yeah, Matt yeah. Brown. Crush. So... Six fights in a row that were outstanding. So definitely, I would say 189 would be, I mean, definitely top two in terms of greatest cards ever. And, and being there helps, too. Like, yeah. being there is just we're like... We're a little biased. I mean, we're all there. Yeah. yeah. So. But, I mean, I think the general public that watched it was like... You know, Al Bernstein, boxing analyst, said it was one of the greatest nights of combat sports history. Bernstein says it, and he's a boxing analyst, which, you know, boxing guys, we're not ever supposed to say anything good about MMA. <laughs> and he says that something's right. The greatest card I've ever been to uh, 187 was great, but 116 was pretty damn amazing with Carwin and Lesnar. Yeah, 116 uh, was dope. Yeah, and Akiyama was on the car and leaving, which was an amazing fight as well. And yeah, uh, Christoph Sosinski and Stefan Bonner had a bloody war. Um, but no, no card had finishes. We had six straight finishes. In all kinds of wild varieties. We had two flying knee knockouts. Yeah, flying knee. Any other night, that flying knee knockout would have been a talk to the car, but it sort of got lost because yeah. there was so much other great stuff that happened after it. But It, it was just a phenomenal car. And then Rory and Robbie, just that kind of a war? In a co-main? In a co-main, not even the main. Like, oh, okay, we got one more after this. It's one, of the, best, title. It's one of the best title. title fights ever. That's what I'm saying. This was for a title. Yeah. And it was a co-main event. And then the main event, because, I mean, truth be told, the McGregor fight wasn't as great as the other as the Robbie yeah. Lawler fight. It was but shocking the, as hell, though. The energy that was in that building for that fight was just unbelievable. I just don't... For a, a combat sports events, I've never been anything that sustained that kind of energy for that long of a period of time. No Mayweather fight will ever match up to that because the undercards always suck. Well, you know, it, it's weird because now you look back at the Mayweather fight versus Pacquiao and the UFC did something that boxing would never do. Pacquiao was injured just like Aldo was injured. Aldo could have fought, Pacquiao fought. He just didn't disclose it. If Pacquiao would have just dropped out two weeks before that fight, and you say you slide in Amir Khan, someone who's stylistically different, just like Mendez was stylistically different. So it's a little bit of intrigue. You still have your main draw, Pacquiao. I mean, it would have been Mayweather, Connor comparison. And you slide Khan in, Mayweather beats Khan, Pacquiao gets healthy, and then they come back and fight in September. It's the same as this Connor Aldo buildup. And then you say, okay, then that's great. And then the second buildup is even better. But you can't do that in boxing. Absolutely. And Dana White can do that shit. I mean, so you, that's that's what makes this so special. So I can't like hate on the Pacquiao Mayweather fight because if Pacquiao wasn't injured, then you know it could have been a whole different fight. Would have been, nah, been more exciting. Same result. <laughs> it would have been the same result, fight. Man. It could have been more exciting. Same result. Uh, Floyd's not losing. Nah, nah. No. 
But yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe he catches Floyd with running. Floyd staggers. Or maybe Floyd drives down to a knee and gets a stupid 10 count. Here. Or an 8 count or something. You know, just it just makes it more exciting. I'm going to bottom line this for you. Floyd Mayweather is not fun to watch for the casual fan. Anybody who watched 189, if it was your first time watching it, it was either the most brutal thing and was disgusting to you or was the greatest act of violence you've ever seen in your life. One of the two. You've never watched a Mayweather fight and was, as a casual fan was like, that is amazing. It's boring. Yeah. To, to people who yeah. don't watch boxing, it's boring. No matter what Mayweather would have done, if it wasn't a knockout, it's boring. When was the last time you saw a boring UFC title fight, though? I mean, it's just, it's just for Johnson. Yeah. Who was? Demetrius, Mighty Mouse, man. Oh, Mighty Mouse. People, and people don't appreciate Mighty Mighty Mouse is like the Floyd he's Mayweather. He's the Floyd of the sport. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, MMA. Demetrius, he, he's great. Like, I love watching him because I appreciate what he does. But the casual fans are like, this is boring. Same with GSP. GSP fights were boring. Yeah. When he fought Nick Diaz, people were like, I hate this. All he's going to do is hold him down for five rounds. Yeah. So it's the same thing with Mayweather. Unless you really appreciate the art and the craft... You'll never call it exciting. Yeah, I guess I'm just never bored with a UFC title fight. I mean, I appreciate like the groundwork and all yeah, that, we, stuff, so I'm not know, a casual fan. You're also a reporter, too, and you, you, this is what we do for a living. Yeah, I mean, UFC just in general is just more exciting than boxing. Like, it's it's okay. Like, I cover both. We all watch both. UFC is more exciting. The live product is better. Top to bottom, the cards are better. Boxing will have nothing on the cards of UFC. No. Just, it, yeah, it's yeah, just not true. even possible. Like, they don't stack their cards... Floyd will try in September with Errol Spence, and if they can get like another somewhat known fighter on there, but still, it's just three people, and they still got to fight. At the end of the day, no matter who you put on the card, if they don't fight, it they, doesn't matter. Yeah, if they don't put on a show, it doesn't matter. Mayweather and Pacquiao, that was built to be the greatest fight of all time. Two contrasting styles, you had everything there, and then you had a dud. This was just magic. All no, night. And we're not stacking cards in boxing. Like No one's yeah. stacking cards. No, no. You're, you're never going to see... Especially like, not in the PBC era now where we have cards no. every Saturday, it seems like. So they need no. to spread this thing out. Yeah, because, I mean, Keith Thurman Earl Spence would be an amazing co-main event. Amazing, but it's it not going to happen. Well, I hope it does. After We'll talk about Keith a little bit later, though. Yeah, definitely. Before we go too far, though, biggest thing this week, everyone's clamoring for it. It's not the UFC. It's not Battleground. It's not Mayweather? It's not Mayweather. They don't care right now about Mayweather. It's about future. This week belongs to future and the future hive. How do you feel about that, Andres? It's literally Andres' face, man. You just disrespected everything about this podcast. Yo, they're they're hype right now. Listen. He just had like an Elliot Wilson three-show thing. He's dropping new music. You can't go on Twitter without seeing future's face. He's dissing Sierra. Yo, he's on top of the world. Do you really believe that? Or are you just saying it's getting on my a, skin? That's a, a sad little bit world. Of that's a sad, sad world. I don't like Future, but just to see your face like this is it's, incredible. Yeah, the album comes out Friday. So I, I was hoping that it would sprang a leak so I could listen to it. It's dirty Sprite. I'm, I, I have to listen to it. Like, I like I came over here listening to Future today. Wow. I was doing a cramp session because I was like, you know what? Let me give this guy a chance. And I listened to it was like, nope. <laughs> like... No, man. Like, I, I I get it in the sense that I can see why people like, fuck up some comments, I get it. I get why people like that joint. Beast Mode, all right, I get it. Monster, I get I get it. But for him to be the hottest rapper right now, nah. Is he a rapper? Exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. What is he? Do you consider him a rapper? I don't know. I consider him trash, man. <laughs> Recycle Ben. Marcus don't like Future either. Nah. I would think you'd like Future. Nah. All right, I'm 32, man. I'm at that age where the separation between what I listen to He's like 32. Shit, he might be older than you. Shit, 2 chains is like 40. He, yeah, he ain't my age. Like, he's, he's up he's there. He's putting out music now intended for 32-year-olds. He's still, he's still <laughs> a little younger than 32. So you're telling me you're not fucking up commas? 
Yeah. This is what you're telling me. They're telling you that. You need to expand this Yahoo budget you got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. It, it's. All are, right. are you copying the album? You got to buy the album now. Like you trashed them so much, you got to buy it. Like you got to go pay it. Are you for kidding it. me? Yeah, no Apple Music pay for. It. Listen, I'm a music journalist. I don't buy shit. Oh, goddamn! If I buy Future's album, <laughs> look, I bought like I bought artists that I like that I support. I'll you go were buy about to Kendrick's say Kendrick. Album. Oh, God. yes, I'll, I'll go buy the Run the Jewels album. I'll buy those albums. Future? I'm not buying that shit. You're not buying Future? Nah, bro. He has a little Future to support. No, got to pay child support to Sierra. No, his girl. Sierra has a career. She has Russell Wilson. Yeah, career. Who's abstaining from sex? Yo, did you man. see? Oh, did anybody see Future's face when they asked him? When Elliot asked him that? Yeah, <laughs> Future yeah. wasn't. He, it was like Sierra wasn't. You didn't have to wait draws. for this. Yeah, Sierra, <laughs> cut it out. Future's been quit. taking shots, yo, the whole time. Got I, yo, he got good momentum right now. He look. I'm not mad at the momentum. I just calling him like they say he's the hottest MC right now. But what does that that's say what's about? It's not the best. The hottest. That's the problem. He might be the hottest. That might that'd be true. But what does that say about rap and hip hop in general at the moment? I mean, it says that. The people still drive rap and hip hop, right? It's the same thing as it's always been. It's just people cared about quality before. Now they care about future and singing and somewhat rapping. No, people never cared, okay? People have never really cared. It's just like, all right, in a vacuum, future's the highest thing going right now. If you if we had to take it in a time capsule and say, like, like in the last seventy two hours, what's the hottest rapper? Future. But future ain't headlining no festival. I think their window was bigger than that. I but, mean, the, okay, the window is bigger than that. Future has been high for, for a hot second. But Future's not selling out a stadium. Future's not headlining a festival. One year from now, where is Future going to be? Future's been around for a while. Future's well, going to be doing the same the exact damn thing. Like, but in, in terms of the same level he's at now. He won't be. It'll no be no shot. Yeah, he'll be on like two or three features and he won't be as hot. Mm-hmm. And people will probably listen to this album three times and forget about it. No, I, that's I know Twitter, people that right? swear like, that's by that. There are people that swear by Future. It's it's a new era, and I, I don't know. Maybe I don't get it, man. I'm just out of it. You know, I don't do drugs, so that's just me. I don't either. I don't pop mollies. I don't. I, I don't do code. I, like this. I don't got that much do. dough, really. Like, yeah, I ain't going <laughs> like that. So it doesn't make any. It doesn't work for me. But I'm just saying, as far as a, a rapper is concerned, as far as like, if I took Future's lyrics and wrote them down on paper, that shit would not impress me. I, I give that to my nephew. I don't nephew think he writes like, it down on paper. Yo, I give that to my nephew. Be like, you better stop writing this shit. My my ten year old nephew be like, you better stop writing this bullshit. That's not me. That's Future. Oh, <laughs> like my that, bad. My bad. Whoops. It's not. It's not. It's not like as far as an MC is concerned, Future's not it. You know what I'm saying? Like people said, hotter than Drake, hotter than Kendrick. Hey, well, they, people no, said who, better. Who, who are these people? Yeah, these Twitter people. I don't know. Hashtag Future Hive. You'll see all these people. I mean, they're crazy right man. now. Nothing's hotter, hotter than Drake. Let's just be honest. When Drake does anything, it's an inferno. No he's one's John, he's John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you might you can get as tired as you want to Drake, but when Drake shows up, the game changes. Yeah, and when the, the album drops, I mean, dude, he just dropped like a mixtape and shut down the game that night. Like Future's not really going to be shutting it down like Drake shutting it down. No, nah, no one, look. no one does. That. And plus, Drake's got a beard now, so all the bras are like really loving the him. Girls love that shit. Girls just love beards. I have a beard. Like, look, nope. How'd that work out? It's a how long have you had that beard? I, I tried for quite keep, some time. Yeah, I'm lazy. I don't want to shave. And then, <laughs> you know, it starts to itch. So I know Drake's beard is all itchy. And Yo, shit it sometimes. has to be mad itchy. It, you know, you condition your beard. You got to take care of your face. But do <laughs> <laughs> your tips with Andreas. But uh, Andreas goes to brunch every weekend. Yes, I do. He now lathers his beard. Except last weekend. What happened? Yeah, man. Uh, we had too many fights last week. We had, look, we had Invicta, which we haven't even talked about Cyborg Ronda Rousey, oh, which we can talk yeah. about later. 
But we had Invicta, then we had UFC 189, then we had the Ultimate Fighter for now, which is a complete afterthought, except for the Wonder Boy Thompson I got. Which, by the way, Kale, I knew this show was gonna. You come knew out. it was coming because I didn't even let you have it on Twitter. So everybody listening, Kale was like big on Jake Ellenberger and his Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. I was. Stephen Wonder Kid Thompson, Wonder Boy Thompson, is an amazing kickboxer, undefeated in fifty six fights. I think half of them professional and uh, amateur. And he's fighting Jake Ellenberger, and Kel's telling me he's going to stop him. Now, you got excited because Jake caught him with one. Yeah, he caught him, and I just looked at you. No, because before that, you were talking shit. Like, you were talking shit on Twitter. And then I had to look at you and be like, yo, stay off my Twitter. Like, I just gave you the look, like, see? And then what happened? And then, like, 30 seconds later. Ellenberger got lazy, went to the middle of the octagon, and got knocked the hell out. It was a beautiful kick, too. But he ate two of them. It was like Wonder Boy hit him with the one kick, and then his dad says, Spin! Spin, son, <laughs> and it was like his dad. He was like, "What? Okay." And he threw the same exact kick and made Ellenberger do like the the stand like the, the oh. punch out. Fuck, man, dude. That, yeah, he yeah. wobbled like like the uh, <laughs> <like> glass <laughs> Joe. Yeah, it was like the glass Joe knockout. But Ellenberger went down like glass Joe. Oh yeah, it didn't look too good. And then you, I didn't even look your way after that. No, I was just didn't. looking straight. Like you packed your shit. It was like I'm going home. <laughs> That's what happened. You I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear that noise. But but I'm saying we. So I didn't go to brunch this week because I was too tired from all this shit. So now you can cop the future album. You can go no, to brunch. Stop. And those are your weekend plans. Yo, next week when we come on a podcast and you say, I have to admit that album's dope. And you Hell put in your top five albums God. of the year. We just had our top five albums. What are we on? What what floor are we on? 50 58. 58? 58th floor. Kel, you want to get thrown off the 58th floor? <laughs> I swear to you. Kel, we dog. Right, right, right now, Andres is Shug Knight. He's going to hang me over the Yo, balcony, 58th floor. But I'll be honest. If the album is good, I will say it's good. I'm not that type of hater. I won't hate something so much I will begrudgingly continue to say it sucks even if it's good. But if it sucks, it sucks. I'm not anticipating anything great. I'm anticipating something that I can say, I can see why people like that shit. It's just not for me. I don't see the hottest thing in hip-hop right now. All right, so let's go to our pound for pound list. Who's the top five hottest people in hip hop? Uh, define hot before you start doing these lists. I mean, same way we consider with Future, like like you said with Drake. Drake drops right now, everything's shut down. Who's the top five people who can just shut shit down? Because that's that's what hotness defines, right? If you're hot, and I want hip hop, not just rappers, not just singers, I guess, because that's what the hell I don't know what to classify half these people. So, top five hottest artists artist in hip-hop. And I'll go first. I always go first. Uh, five, J. Cole. Just because he did that Spring Up album, all this stuff. He's been selling out staples. And and, and sold... What do you have? The number... Do you have the top selling album last year? Hip-hop album? It was up there. Two. Like, he, he crushed it. Might yeah. be number two, but he had, his album... Had no collaboration. No. That was the first. For no collaboration. No, yeah. pro- and no, no promo. promo. No promo. Nothing. Just dropped like, it. Boom. Here you boom. go. And I think five might be low. On my list for yeah, J. Cole. Uh, Nicki Minaj for... How? Because she helped Meek Mill sell. But That's when you know you're hot. <laughs> you are hot. Well, she's going to have one of the largest tours this summer. Yeah, okay. The hell with album sales. You think great. she gets that money from album sales? You think what? the barbs care about buying albums? They're going to every single one of her shows. She's in movies. She's in a ton of shit. I mean, look. Hottest... Go, and, go ahead. Finish hottest me. artist. Nicki's four. Uh, three, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I must pain you to say that. No, no, because it's not about his album. It's about his hot. And to be fair, I like his other albums. Um, this album, to me, just wasn't mind-blowing like it was to everyone Stop. else. All right, go ahead. Hey, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kendrick is three. Two. Two's Kanye still. Just because when he decides to drop his album, everything's shutting down. 
He dropped that shit right now during the ESPYs, during whatever the hell else is going on, and everyone is turning everything off. Everyone's leaving the ESPYs. Everyone's going and downloading that album. Or going to Apple Music, or if the shit's exclusive on Tidal, everyone's getting it. So Kanye's two and Drake's one. Drake does whatever he wants right now. Aubrey has it. He got a stupid little beard, and he's running it. Yeah, I mean, this was pretty spot on. Drake one, Kanye two, Kendrick three. Yeah, makes a lot of sense because, yeah, I think Kanye's in a weird space right now because Yeezus is such a niche project, and there's a lot of people that hated it. So we have no idea what he's doing. And the sad thing is, everything that Kanye's put out with this thing, I have, like, nothing. All Day was, like, cool. But I think it was severely overrated. Wolves didn't care for it. I like All Day. <laughs> I mean, I like All Day, but it just wasn't that, you know, blow the doors off of the summer. Like, it just didn't take over like I think Kanye thought it would have. Um, Drake is just on another level. So, yeah, Drake won, Kanye 2, Kendrick 3. Um, damn. I, I'm surprised at how hot Meek Mill was. Yeah. I, I can't believe he sold as many records as he did. The Barbs. Blame them, but he's always had this strong following. It's a really strong following. I don't get it. I, and it's, not it's even I don't top get it five now? I don't know. I don't know if he's top five now. I mean, Meek is he's hot right now. Is he hotter than Future? <laughs> it's a weird thing, right? Meek's not hotter than Future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got to say it. He's not hotter than Future right now. I don't now. think so. so yeah, Better so, than Future, but not hotter than yeah. Future. So it's like J. Cole for, um, I don't know for where I'm going to put Nikki. It's like Nikki, it's, she had a weird year. I think she'll have a great tour, but the music just, I don't know if the music's hitting people anymore. So um, I guess for the sake of where we're at right now, I have to say Future's number Future five. made the top five. Because people, I, I, I I'm buying you a Future Hive shirt. I will kill you. That's it. Future and Hive shirt. It'll be me and Marcus on this podcast. But moving forward, we'll have to change the little animated cover because you'll be dead. <laughs> Future Hive in effect. Marcus, who do you got? I like those top three. I'm a slide in Big Sean's in there somewhere. Probably five. Ah, damn. Should have put in Big Sean. You're Too right. late. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> and then Cole at four. So, yeah. I mean, the first three is really hard to argue. That's yeah, that's pretty solid. Four and five, you can you can debate. I'm not I'm not saying future man. Sorry, but I'm gonna go Sean and, and J Cole. Damn, we don't even get Jay no love. Well, well Jay's I mean, not even on here. I, I noticed that like after my listen, list, I was like, is Jay even hot anymore? Like, where, where is he? The kids like that shit. I mean, I think if he were to come out with something, he'd definitely be up there. But like, if he just Beyonce did, like if he just dropped his album, well, Didn't he, the last one he dropped did last like, the week, yeah, yeah. Like, Magna Carta just yeah, it was hot. People listen to it, but uh, and it ended like, after a week though. It wasn't yeah. like it didn't. Sh- it like shut. It's the same thing with future in a different way. It's like it's like a vacuum. It happens real quick, and then and then it just on. goes away. Drake, on the other hand, this is everlasting. It lingers. Yeah, yeah. It, the the hype uh, lingers. I feel like Kendrick's kind of did the same, but his his lasted longer because of the message. I'll give him that. Yeah. Because I didn't re-listen to the album. Like I heard the album three times. And I was like, oh, I'm good, but. His visuals, the message behind it, that shit's going to be everlasting. Yeah, I mean... Like, no one does that. No, Um, Just the cover and the titles for each song, that's going to transcend even the music. So, I guess that helped him. But no one else does that. Everyone's in a vacuum. Big Sean's album, best album to me of the year. No one's talking about that shit. No, people are talking about it. I think Big Sean's dropped like a video for damn near every song on that album. Oh, the video was dope. The video, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Martin Lawrence video. The Martin Lawrence, yeah. yeah. The Martin Lawrence was dope. With, with, yeah, playing no games. That, that's dope. It was a great idea. Great concept. I like Big Sean. I just think... If Future sells 400K, are you... He's not oh, stop, 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 stop. I'm just saying. Stop. Like, okay, all right. Here, here's my perfect comparison with Future. Future and Young Thug are in the same boat. Oh, God. 
Because you can't Thug, even understand Young Thug. But Young Thug brick, and there was so much hype on Young Thug, and that shit hit the rim like a Shaq free throw. Damn, at least Future or got DeAndre some hits. DeAndre Jordan free, free throw. DeAndre Jordan in the Clippers uniform free throw. That <laughs> at least shit, he got I mean, hits. Shit, like, but Future ain't Young Thug. Is he not? Thug thug. I mean, people love swear by Young Thug. I don't know who these people are. These people you have to show me. Is there a Thug <laughs> Hive? I don't it know. Might I hope be. not. Oh, my God. Let's not start this. Hey, what about your boy Birdman throwing the drink of Lil Wayne at, at the club in Miami? Yo, Birdman is on it. I mean, Lil Wayne, Free Weezy album, everything. Uh, It's real beef Speaking now. Right? dropping albums out of nowhere. Yeah. How that worked out, Lil Wayne? <laughs> shit, that's Tiger how that shit Listen, work. he'll drop one every two weeks if it means getting the hell out of there. Yeah. I don't uh, know how many albums are on that deal. Probably like 10, but he's going to drop Birdman one every two weeks. Life. That shit's crazy, and I mean, Lil Wayne is having that Louisiana or whatever, Louisiana yeah, festival. I what it's called. Yeah, like um, that's gonna be dope. Hot, hot boys supposedly gonna be there. Manny Fresh reuniting on stage. Everybody against Birdman. Everybody <laughs> against Birdman. Like we all got robbed of money. Let's all just be on this stage, just acting a damn fool. So I mean, Birdman is just gonna use Young Thug like he used Lil Wayne, and he could throw drinks and shit. He owes all the money. Damn, there's so much to talk about. Speaking of Young Thug. What about him threatening a cop? You heard about this? The Yo, he got arrested. He got arrested, yeah, he got arrested yeah. for this, for a terrorist threat. <laughs> Yo, he needs street cred. Like, you just can't wear, you can't wear dresses all the time. Yo, Ain't nothing, nothing is more street than getting arrested for a terrorist attack. Son. Or threat. For threatening he a cop. threatened yeah. a mall cop. He threatened oh, a mall cop. Oh, okay, never mind. It wasn't a real cop. All right. It was a mall cop. Top flight security of the yes. world. I threatened hey. mall cops when I was in high school. Like, that was my thing. Like, don't walk in groups. There's too many of you black guys together. I Fuck dre- you. Like, Jason's a thug do. now, too. Hey. <laughs> He's threatening mall cops. But I'm just saying it's a mall cop. Like, come on, young thug. Yo, man. they got your face in the gallery of mall right now. <laughs> Not the gallery. It was in the boulevard. Weren't you at Henderson? Nah, man. I was, in, I was over there by Valley High School. Oh, yeah. That, Boulevard Mall. For people wanted. who don't know, Vegas is, is like, it has, it has its pockets of hood. Like people think it's all casinos and good shit. Go nah, off the man. Strip, man. Don't don't go behind the stratosphere. Listen, man. Your MMA skills will get you nowhere. I went to Rancho. Donna Street was right there. Hey, you got to tell me. Rancho used to have dead tiles in the basketball court. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when our team played down there, and it was like, don't go down the baseline because the ball will die, and yep. it would because it was because that shit was made out of tile. It wasn't even real court. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> like, nobody gives a shit about what we're talking about. Like Vegas, they're like, what are you talking? about? Listen, we're here. We talk about whatever the hell we want to talk true. about, and when we come back, we're gonna have a guest. Uh, we're going to be chilling, talking boxing, got to talk Floyd, got to talk about Keith Thurman, and then we'll get to WWE Battleground. And and we got to talk about all the black people that were on Raw this week in a row. Crazy amount of black people. And we got to talk about Bay. So that's that's really <laughs> what the next couple segments are about. Sasha Banks, holla at me. We'll be right back. This is usually where the sponsors will go, but since we're sponsored by the people, the people. we wanted to tell you that you can follow us on YouTube at The Corner Podcast. You can ask us a bunch of questions. Hopefully the good ones at the corner pod at Gmail. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. at the corner LSN. My people. All right, what up, everybody? We are back, and we're going to talk wrestling this segment and push boxing to the end because that's what we feel like doing. Yeah. And it's because Bay debuted on Raw this week, so I have to give her her just due respect. Like, she was looking so cute. She came out. She had her little glasses on. She just, you know, paraded down to the ring. She had a nice little switch going. The smile you have on your yo, face. Yo, I, like, like, I was like, yo, I see you, Bay. I see you. She knows. Yo, why she did knows. they put her with the other minority wrestlers? 
She because Vince is racist. So no, we're going to talk about all the black people that they just paraded. Oh my. this this In week multiple segments. It was like forty five minutes of black people. Yo, I swear Vince was just sitting behind his desk and was like, "Okay, we just need to put all the black people on at one time." I want to see the ratings. I want to see if the numbers dropped. No, oh yeah, please don't tell me that. <laughs> Someone told me the numbers dropped. It's like, oh, our truth. Oh, point two. All black people. We got to get to that. Anyway, but let's not interrupt Bay. Yeah. So she was cute. She came down. She put the bank statement on one of the Bellas. She should be the champion. She didn't even rock her own championship. That was belt. weird. And, you know, we have the Cena champion versus champion angle with Owens and how that went down. They can do the exact same thing with Bay and Brie Bella. And she could be like Cena and kind of get her Cena on and do an open challenge type thing. And have Bay beat her. Just like Owens beat Cena. Be the, super dope. Sasha Banks is just base. She does not have a name anymore. She has no name. She knows. Does she? Does she she know, does. Does she know really? She's going to know. Have you seen her, man? I mean, listen. He's not anything What her man got to do with right? me? No, I'm saying like. Yeah. Oh, he's not special? It's a shot. Oh, nice. I'll shoot no, my you, shot. You can shoot your shot. Let that end. The day it ends, I am uh, swan diving Hardy style into her DMs. Bruh. Oh, I thought you would say something else. No. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no. Hardy style. Bomb into the juice. Right into the DMs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, she got it. So, Bay, Bay made her debut, and I was super happy, and that segment was dope. And we saw all the NXT chicks kind of come into the ring, and Stephanie paraded them around, and now she's a face to she's, the heel women or something. I don't know. She co-ops it. She takes it. It's like, it's mine. I did it. Yay! Like, she's never watched have these chicks in her life. Like, now all of a sudden, she's like the champion in the NXT girls. It's what Steph and Triple H do. They're like faces when it's like, it's good for business. So now I'm going to be a face today. Because Steph is going to be an asshole heel like next week. She'll be dissing Paige or somebody like that. But right now, it's hot. Those girls are hot. And hit your train to the bandwagon. And they can go. They can go. I mean, it. if I'm a current... WWE Diva, I'd be a little concerned uh, because these three women can actually wrestle, something that half the roster currently can't do. And if I'm a Bella Twin, um, I'd be really worried because, you know, while Total Divas is great and they're probably the, the stars of that show, uh, in terms of in-ring work, they've improved, but they're still not at the level where you would think, you know, they should be as yeah. a champion. Boobs, the one with the boobs just doesn't do it for me in the ring. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, the boobs. Nikki's with the boobs? Yes, All right, so yeah, Bree, Bree's a better wrestler. Even though her finisher is like Bree mode or something. That's the so worst true. thing yeah. ever. Worst theme song, worst finisher. <laughs> worst catchphrase, Bree mode. It's like yeah, she yells it. It's almost as annoying as when Lillian says, Neville, Neville. <laughs> Bree mode is so annoying, dude. It's so annoying. But all right, so so back to this segment because it kicked off the blackness, right? We so we, we ended we ended with this big string of black people, and I've never seen so many black people in wrestling in my life at once. They and that should be a good right thing, now. yeah. But it just felt so contrived, and it was just like just keep pushing around this. So it started off because as soon as Sasha Banks walked out, and I, and I saw Naomi, I was like, oh. Yep. <laughs> They're gonna put it with the black girl. Yeah, that was whack. I was like, and oh, to me, to me, the black. The, the, Islander girl who's related to the black girl with so. the black leather jacket, like it's happy days. Like, she got <laughs> yo, Tamina's wig is horrible, by the way. Someone needs to get her like a perm or a hot comb 
or something ASAP because she's just looking like a troll doll in the ring. And you know what's crazy is that like Naomi can work. For, for all those divas that are on there, she could work. Her finisher is just hitting someone with their ass. I'm, That's, I'm done. It, I'm and done. Therein lies there the goes problem. another racist problem. I'm done. It's like, oh, because, all right, so I was watching the network the other day, right? And I was watching like 2005 SummerSlam and Great American Bash. And it was like all these girls in thongs, like Melina, Tori Wilson. It was like all these chicks in thongs. And I was like, hmm, could they do that with Naomi? Absolutely not. Oh that shit would be blurred out oh so my. fast. Because Naomi's got a big yo. ass, yo. That would get me in trouble at home, man. I, <laughs> I'd be like, what are you watching? Ah. <laughs> you can't. Like, you TNA can't. back then, like, Trish Strat, like, they could all wear thongs. They don't have asses. Naomi's got a big ass. So, so, so the fact that her finishing move is just throwing her ass into somebody's face, a man would appreciate that. But it's not even cool, like, Rikishi style. It's like... The Rikishi shit wasn't cool. Either. That was just foul, man. I'm just saying, that like, she man. just jumps up and just asses someone to the face. Yeah. It's not, the, yeah. Them glowing shoes. Like, when she went heel, I thought it was a good thing. But the more I watched it, I was like, this is kind of yeah, stupid. Yeah, where's Cameron at? Cameron needs to improve and not pin girls when they're laying on their stomach anymore. That's what Cameron is. she the cute one? Yeah, I mean, a little bit kind of cute, the cuter. She was a, the annoying one. Okay, yeah. she couldn't wrestle, though. No. Yeah, no. No, she was horrible. She's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible. Nah, she's a rat. Look, the worst thing that can happen to the, the NXT Divas is Total Divas. Keep them as far away from that show as possible. Oh, no, we see Paige on there now. Yeah, pa- but Paige is... Paige is actually good on that show. She's pretty funny. Yeah, but... I can't watch Total Divas. I've tried. Sasha, yo, if Sasha's on that show, I'm watching every week. She I shouldn't You can set my DVR right now. Don't, don't, don't do it. They don't need to be. They, they're going to be. The purpose of that show is to help salvage the woman who can't wrestle. I mean, when Eva Marie is, is one of your storylines, that's because she can't wrestle. So you got to find something for her to make that check. It works. I mean, that's, I mean, the Bellas have, have now found a way to become the stars of the division in part because of Total Divas. Um, so, yeah, she's going to break AJ Lee's record off of a TV wait, reality when, show. When is her record? Like, her record is, like, close. She's yeah. got to lose before the record. Nah, they're going to do it. It's like 30 days. Well, they're, gonna... they're spiteful, man. Come yeah, on. they're spiteful. They're, they're going to just... Blow past that record. Hey, F you, AJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, of course, but I mean, <laughs> I don't want... She's... She... Her? No. All right, so let's go into the next segment. So we went from that to primetime players and randomly Mark Henry. <laughs> oh, because they needed a partner. So yeah, let's like... find another black guy. Hey, you, big black man. Want to join these other black men? How many black people we got to back? We're taking a head count. There were six black men in this match, right? So our black count is at with six plus two and a half because we'll count Tamina as a half. Yeah, oh, wait, Lisa Fox, my bad. So we oh. Alicia Fox, too. Hold yeah. on. Don't skip over that. It's so dirty that everyone just ignores Alicia Fox for being black. Like, because she's with the Bellas and all this well, stuff. Yeah. Well, she's just ignored, period. Not because yeah, she's black. She's just ignored. <laughs> but she is in the black quota. No she's one asked no, no, her she black definitely, quota. No, she's yeah. black. She's, yeah, she's like good. Diet Rihanna. Yeah, no, she's horrible. She's Diet Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. no, so, so you had, eight you had and a six, half seven, eight, which is Sasha, Naomi. Oh, nine Alicia and a half. makes nine. So it's nine and a half black. It's nine and a half to, what was like, five? So it's not, there's like way more black people than white people. And I, I'm taking notice, right? Because I'm yeah. like, wow, look at all these black people in the ring. So I'm watching that match in New Day. I get, it feels like the push is getting squashed right now. It just seems awful. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. So, but they put them back to back, which I was like, this is peculiar. Like, why are all these black people together? So Michael Hayes can go, go in the back and say nigger all the time? <laughs> like, ah, the locker room is clear. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the They're all out wrestling. Oh, my God. Then what do we have? R-Truth and, and King Bear. For, oh. for the 81st time. With the can toilet we... plunger and... Yeah, how many times do you need to see them wrestle? 
How many times? Like, first of all, why? And our truth is getting over. Like, here, here's my, that's this my is problem. the craziest part. Like, how bad do you feel if you're Barrett at this point? Like, you had eight name changes. You felt kind of good for me winning King of the Ring. And then they give a black guy a plunger and he beats you every damn week. A plunger and a towel. And, and, and like, a Burger King crown. Like, he's a senior <laughs> in high like, school. Dude. Can you coon it up any more than what Archie? And that's why Yo, Vince likes him. He did yeah. a jig at the end. Yeah, he, he always, won did, the, he always he did the jig. jig. Like, is, oh my god, this is bamboozled. 2015 bamboozled in pro wrestling. That's what we're watching. That's the worst shit ever. Sleepy. Like that. They're not even hiding the racist yeah. undertones anymore. Nah, he still dances all the time with that little that little pelvic thrust that he gives. Oh, like, and the, the crowd goes crazy. Woo! What's up? What's up? Prime time players like. Yo, why just is being mad? Why is always that like some '90s shit though? Like, black popular wrestlers always do '90s shit. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? You can have like a Drake out there. You just gotta have just a guy saying. just sing it. It's the bomb. Like, it's, they say shit like that. It's so ridiculous. Like, come on, man. And Vince loves it. Vince is like, this is great. That's the last time Vince like cooperated with black people. Was like ninety three, so he's stuck there. Like that's it. Like he's had no, he's had no like black one on one contacts since like ninety three. So he's just like, yo, this is how they act. Right in the script. Damn, I know Booker T is like shit. Yo, I, there's who else is he gonna get? You but you look at all wrestling promotions. There's really no like progressive black person. TNA. I mean TNA. They yeah. did a good job with the beatdown plan with Kenny Kane and MVP. Okay. They're, they're I mean, not, even, even they're black, but they're not like black. They don't. They're not black, black. (laughs) When you say it's right, they're not black, black. Nah, like, I mean, I guess Jay Lethal is... Jay Lethal's the champ. champ. Yeah, he's the champ. So, I mean, he's cool, and he's not, like, a black angle. Yeah. There's, like, he's just him. He's just a wrestler. Yeah, he's just a wrestler. They don't play up him First-generation wrestler. Even though he needed to let the braids go. You gotta let them go. Like, that's... Some struggle braids. Only only Pusha T allowed to rock braids right now. That's it. Everybody else, they gotta go. Jay Lethal's braids like LeBron's hairline. You gotta gotta chill with that. Oh, man. And then, talking about black people, and in the WWE structure, we see a couple photos of UHA Nation making his debut in NXT. Still nameless. It has to be Uha Nation, right? Oh, well, when he was on the, he wrestled on the dark match of the last NXT taping. He was Uha Nation. Oh, when he was Gargano, yeah, they used oh, his the name. Oh, the Gargano one. Yeah, they used his name, but he hasn't been on TV as Uha. So I guess I wonder it. how Vince is just gonna make that overly racist. Like he's just gonna parade him out with just mad half naked black women. Like or, it's gonna look like coming to America because once again, that's before '93. Vince probably saw that, and that's all he knows. Or he'll be like the brown hornet from Fat Albert. The name of two superheroes. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Ooh, nation, that's the Brown Hornet. Straight cooning, like oh. it, it ain't safe for black wrestlers in the WWE. Why do you say it like they say Neville? Like, <laughs> but dude, it, it, I don't know, there's gonna be a lot of listeners like, why are you guys harp on race so much? Because the race thing comes before the wrestler in the WWE. They're yeah, black bro. before they're a wrestler. You don't come to the WWE and you just be a wrestler. It's the jig is up, and it's not just black people. Like, no, if yo, you're hey, Irish, yeah. you're typecast. Yes, whatever you are. <laughs> like, Sheamus had no Sheamus, chance man. of being anything else. No, no. Becky Lynch, they tried to make her a leprechaun at oh, first, no and God. she was overly Irish this Monday, too. Yeah. Like, she wasn't, like, futuristic Mad no, Max no Becky that we know. Like, she came out, and she was a little Irish, too. Like, they tried to, like... And they dyed her hair even more yeah. orange than it is in NXT. Yeah, they, so they, they're not letting that go by the wayside. Uh, the Bellas aren't overly Spanish. so they, no. When you fall in that racially ambiguous territory like The Rock, they you're love good. You. You're good. Because <laughs> nobody can pay you. Like, they're, they're half. So, I mean, and you never, you only see her mom on television. Her mom's white. You never see the father. 
Is there a dad around? They trashed their dad on one episode. I don't know. Oh, yeah? oh, well. I don't know. You only see the mom, so. Poor Papa Bella. Yeah. He gets no love on the show. But yeah, like it, everyone, everyone, like you, if you have a little bit too much ethnicity, they're just sending you to the deep end of stuff. Yeah, you're just you're you, like Shelton Benjamin. Remember, Shelton was a great athlete. Then they attached him to Thea and had him with the mama <laughs> stick. Lastly, they sort of left alone in terms of race. Did they? They never really attached him to race. Jimmy. Not until he brought out his mama. No, Lashley. Oh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 No, Lashley. Yeah, Lashley, right. but. He wasn't around long enough to really no, get stuck no, with yeah. a, a black gimmick. It would have came to Vince was yeah. like, I, I, I can see it now. But look at Mark Henry. Like, Mark Henry was the world's strongest man for a long time. Mark and then Henry it was just like, up. now, let's make him black. Yeah. Like, sexual give him that black. Sexual, sexual talk. Like, they, if you stick around long enough, they're going to make Yo, you black. Son, Viscera. Remember Viscera? Oh, I remember Viscera. Okay, so I was watching the network. Oh, and Mabel. And, and Viscera and Lillian Garcia were dating for a hot second. Does anybody remember this shit? Nah, he came up in the world. It was terrible. Dude, it was terrible. And the Godfather came and ruined it with the hoes. That oh, was a segment. God. It was a segment at the, um, I want to say it was a Great American Bash 2005. It was Lillian proposed to Viscera, which doesn't make any goddamn sense wow. anyway. <laughs> and Viscera was like, yeah, baby, I'm thinking about it. And then you heard, <laughs> and the hoes came out, and Viscera ran off with the hoes and left Lillian crying. Some black shit. Yeah, like black men just love hoes. We can't, no, can't we be can't, a faithful can't black be monogamous. man. <laughs> monogamy. It's so damn Yeah, Damn, we do it for the ratchets. That's what they're trying yeah. to say. Like, but they have a wholesome it. woman at home, but you got to run off with the ratchets. Doing it for the ratchets for like decades, decades now. man. Decades. We just can't win. Nah, Coco Beware, Junkyard Dog. God damn it. Virgil. Yeah. Virgil's slavery. <laughs> slavery. We do a whole show on the, on the racism. Of WWE and professional wrestling. It's just really WWE because professional. I mean, other professional wrestling organizations have yeah, their slight. But not WCW too much. wasn't that bad. No, back because, in the day. no, Rod Simmons was a damn champ. Yeah, yeah. then he came. Harlem Heat wasn't that bad. Harlem Heat. If you gotta give, listen. If you gotta give, if you gotta give an overly black, like stereotypical character to someone, I'll take the Harlem Heat. Yeah, they weren't even from Harlem. Nah, but that was dope. Like they had cool costumes. Like I, I like the, the whole, the whole Sherry thing was kind of weird. Yeah, they had the white girl. Yeah. 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 Rest in peace, Sherry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like WWF, WWE has always been, like, the standard bearer for racism and wrestling. Stereotypes and, like, Vince just doesn't care. Good old Vince McMahon. You know, like, Virg- like name a black wrestler. Remember Ernest the Cat Miller? Oh, yeah. Somebody call my like mama. Yeah. He had that music first. Before, before Brodus. Yeah, before Brodus Clay. <laughs> mama. And he's doing the dancing. That shit's a horrible, horrible entrance song, too, by the way. And then, like, it's that's just, the worst shit ever. Like, Orlando Jordan was the, the gay black song. wrestler. Remember in, in real Jordan? life, and in real and, life, and, and, and he was, he was okay. Bradshaw's guy. He's yeah. bisexual. Yeah, yeah, bisexual. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's the first gay black wrestler. I was he ever champion? He was I, United States champion. Okay, cool. Because I was wondering if uh, the dude from Prime Time Players was actually like the first openly gay champion. Well, but I guess not. He considered himself bi. He didn't consider himself gay. Yeah. So oh, okay. Darren yeah. just likes me. So. So Darren is. That's yes. that's cool. Yes, like we got to get him on the show because that's like monumental. Though. Yeah, like, but as long as they, he doesn't become the gay black character, yeah, like if they make him that. like the gay black character, yeah, like, I just want him to just be... Atlanta housewives him up and put <laughs> oh, him in like stilettos God. and yeah, like just, oh my to be God. his tag team partner. That should be horrible. Oh God! Damn if he not to stop this podcast. Is Vince is listening? Is going to start with? We're going to see that shit. God damn, it's a great idea. Yeah. 
Oh no, that's just all bad. No, we got battleground, man. Well, Let's talk about that real quick. We got a guest coming on. We we got stuff to talk about. That's not Real Housewives of WWE. <laughs> So, but wait, wait. Let's talk about the rest of Raw though, because we had the, the Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Rusev triple threat match. It seems like whoever it is, and I'm not blaming Vince. Maybe it's Triple H has got a boner for great matches. Somebody's got it because another week and we had another great match. And this time it was Cena on the outside doing commentary. Like Cena's always going to be there to some capacity. Yeah, he's I, watching. He's, he's not even good at giving commentary. Like he was weighing on my nerves too. Yeah, uh, he was like overly politically correct. And I was just like, Cena. Cena. I was like, man, okay, stop giving pops to everyone. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really strong. You should watch this. He's I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna beat him, but I'm not taking anything away from his effort. Like, out, Cena, I don't care. That's why Owens needs to do that. Like, Owens just trashes everyone when he does great, commentary. Great like, it's the best shit. He can do commentary full time. If you ask me, so, Cena never needs to go there again. So here's a question: because we know Owens and Cena are wrestling at Battleground, we know the momentum that Kevin Owens has. But the Cesaro run is becoming this weird, like, Daniel Bryan thing. Where the, the work is so damn good, but what are you going to do with him? Oh, that IC title is his. Is it? Because you've built Ryback up to be a beast and, and a big guy in this character. You need someone believable to take down the big guy. Well, here's the problem. Ryback tweeted out he has staph infection. So he's, he's off the, the card on Sunday. So I'm not sure if they're going to have to strip him of the title or what, but... No, you can leave him with the title. I mean, once again, that's a SummerSlam thing. It's only Battleground. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you play up the Rusev versus uh, Cesaro angle, and then... But what happens to the Miz and Big Show? Cause they're the it's Super the Miz and Big Show. Are we really talking about the Miz and Dude, Big Show? Dude, they're in the like program for a reason. It's shitty, but they're in the program. That's yeah, their program. Because no one else was there yet. Like, no, these I'm... guys came back from injuries. Cesaro came back from the dead. And... Dude... Come on, like now they get the push and it's all good. And if they just wrote the big show and Miz off next week, are you gonna miss them? Are you gonna be like, hey, what the hell happened to this angle? Would anybody Would miss, anyone them? miss them? No, that's my point. Like, okay. so they're completely replaceable. No, of so course. If you but... say Cesaro versus Rusev, and uh, it looks like your boy Dolph Ziggler is gonna be taking a hiatus for a second, yeah, from the WWE to film a movie or brush his hair, or work on a weird. new finishing move or some shit. They always act like these movies just kind of popped up. Because they don't really write him off the right way. It's just like they show him, it's like, oh shit, he's doing a movie. Uh, you're going to get hurt by Rusev tomorrow. And it's like he disappears. Cause, yeah. and, yo, he's out. and then Lana's now stuck. Well, so Lana's been nothing. stuck. Let's talk about how they've ruined Lana's momentum. Because Lana had great momentum. She should have stayed with Rusev. That was the worst thing they could have ever done. Because that whole Dolph Ziggler shit is weird. Yeah, and then she lost her accent a little bit. Lana's a rat. She, can't, she doesn't even wrestle. I was waiting for the whole, I'm American... Guys, but no, I mean, she's still with the Russian accent. Uh, you know, I guess she's off TV now too with Dolph. So I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, like she's she's gone. Like I, they ruined a lot of like characters in the meantime. Like Dolph went from oh, I want a new contract and a push to okay, just give me a movie and I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll disappear for a little while. Yeah, so now that's weird. You built a whole angle with Rusev crying for weeks on weeks on weeks. And then now bring him in and be like, oh, what do we have to do with him? I don't know. Kevin Owens could use another angle. Like, let's give him someone else to beef with. Yo, and Kevin, they just throw it in against Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is like the Tupac of <laughs> wrestling right now. Because he beefs with everybody. everybody. Everyone, yo. Like, he just walked out of Cesaro. Rusev, Rusev's all pissed. And he comes back and ruins that match at the end. Like, it's great. Yeah, it is great. When you don't know what to do with someone, you like, oh, throw him in against Owens. Hey, Everyone hey, hates Owens. Hey, that dude... You know, Samoa Joe, he really hasn't taken off like I thought he would, but 
they've struggled with Kevin Owens. I mean, this dude can do no wrong. I think eventually you're going to have the, the baby face turn at some point. Um, but for the time being, in terms of heels, he's probably the biggest heel both on NXT and the main roster at this point. Yeah, they don't have, they don't have too many, many other heels. No. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't even turn him. No, no. He's just going to be one hell of an over heel for a second. It's crazy because he has so much momentum and he's not a coward. Like, most heels are cowards. Like, you look at Seth Rollins and how he cowards to Brock Lesnar, which we'll talk about because it's like the most forgotten program now. But, I mean, he's a little bit of a coward. Like, he, he they just played off like, oh, it's on his No, no, no. Terms. Kevin Owens is a douchebag. Yeah, like, he'll, he'll, bounce, he'll bounce in the middle of a match but fucking him up. Yeah, he was like, ah, I don't need this shit. And he'll leave and he'll come back and ruin it. Like, Kevin, I mean, Seth Rollins is legitimately scared of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And took it out on Kane and broke his leg, but that's a whole nother story. Thank God. Kane's but, out. Write everybody off. Hey, so let's talk about this Lesnar-Rollins feud. Now, I've been saying it for weeks. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I can't figure this out. And the only thing I can think of is that battleground where I have a DQ. Because all Lesnar does is just go up and beat up everybody for a week. Every week he comes out and just beats the shit out of people. And, and everyone's gone now. Yeah, now Kane is injured. The James Curie is injured. So now you got Rollins-Lesnar one-on-one at a pay-per-view that last year was awful, that you really don't have the title switch hands at this pay-per-view. But does it make sense? If, if it's not a DQ, what's the other way you can go? Undertaker. Well, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Have you heard about this, Cal? No. God, no. This just sounds all bad, by the way. This is the rumor as of Wednesday that Taker will be somehow involved in the show on Sunday. I don't know how, but... You heard me. And not the Wyatt match? Like, they're... So nah, he's, nah he's moved on from that. I mean, I don't want to see Taker. But you mentioned, you notice Brock how they mentioned his name, especially during the the Lesnar segments, a lot, a lot, almost Heyman's every week now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he comes in and screws Rollins or if he screws Lesnar. He's but, he'll screw Lesnar for ruining the. the but he's gonna screw Rollins because well, Kane's his brother. Why wouldn't you screw Rollins? Because he, he fucked up Kane. Well, he didn't. Technically, he didn't fuck up Kane. Kane was already fucked up. He just kicked him a little bit. <laughs> like, let's be fair. He, he didn't do the damage. Like, he gave him the one kick. Done? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that wouldn't be a bad angle. It's and weird. It, it's weird. Because then what is it? Is it Undertaker Rollins at SummerSlam? Like, what do you do? What if do, you it, do Undertaker? No, Undertaker Brock 2. If he Some, screws, if he screws Brock, Taker listen, Brock to Taker actually goes over on Brock. Taker Brock two would be Undertaker's last match and last breath on this earth. <laughs> I wouldn't trust Lesnar. No, no, I wouldn't either. Like, dude, Lesnar throws cars and kids <laughs> in the crowd. What do you think he's gonna do to Undertaker? Yeah, that's all that. Listen, but if he comes back, that's what it has to what has to happen. But I told you my take on it. Sheamus runs in, he cashes in, and then he catches the F five. Rollins hits Brock or. With the chair, throws him out the ring, and Rollins pins Sheamus, and he gets away clean again without beating Brock. And then at SummerSlam, you build it to whatever the hell it has to be. And Sheamus is doing whatever Sheamus has to do because he's never going to win. Well, my only fear is that anyway. if that happens, then that means Sheamus has to somehow be involved in that match in SummerSlam, which I don't want him to be. But if they can write Sheamus off completely, <laughs> like, I like the theory. But Lesnar kills Sheamus, like literally, literally kills, kills him. him. Yeah, yeah, no, he, just, yeah, I don't care. Do like whatever the, the hell you got to do with Sheamus. Sheamus winning the money in the bank is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, but it's only, only reason he won it is to waste it. You have an ace in the hole because Brock can't carry your title the entire year. So, for some reason, when you need to take that shit off of Brock or make sure Brock doesn't win it, you have a scapegoat. And Sheamus is a scapegoat. Did anyone really miss the title when Brock had it on no. television? Especially I, like, now. I miss it now. Like, every pay-per-view, like, seeing the Rollins versus Ambrose was really cool. Um, 
the, even the Rollins work against Orton was really dope. Just having the title around for the pay-per-views, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it built the character. I mean, Rollins is so much better with the title. The next person will be so much better with the title. Instead of just disappearing on a guy who's already super over and guy who's already making the most money in the company. You're not going to make Brock better by being the champion. Yeah, you make a fair point. So put it on someone. Finally they made, built Rollins. Finally made a good point. Hey, I got a ton yeah, of these. Like, what, I got a ton of these. Now? Got a ton of these. Got to stick around. So, so here's another thing I've noticed. It's the the mid cardization of Dean Ambrose. And Very in my dude. Like Dean Ambrose has no feuds right now. He's just kind of hey, Roman, what are you doing? Not you on pay per view. No, you feuling with Bray Wyatt? I'm feuding with Bray Wyatt. Like. It's like these guys are the same guy now. Roman and, and Dean Ambrose is this yeah. weird way. Their fates are like tied together. Even though I'm still intrigued by the, the Wyatt Reigns program, even though I just don't think it should end at Battleground. No, they can't keep giving Wyatt like one-offs. Like, it, it's weird. This will be like his third in a row, I think, yeah, one-off. He, he does creepy shit and disappears. And he yeah. loses and then he disappears. He loses. That's the key. He's At least he won against Ryback, but then they gave Ryback the title like the next yeah. day. It's yeah. like, oh, hey. So it's just like, what? That's not legitimate. You're out of here. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand it. And Ambrose is getting caught in this weird mix of stuff. So, unless they bring back, like, the Wyatt family. Which I think they should, because they have to. Yeah. Those I, guys have nothing without Bray Wyatt. No, and they're a good tag team. So, when they come back, that'd be a good push. Yeah, they'll beat the PTP. Primetime players? Sorry, black guys. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. going to beat the black people. Black people aren't going to hold the title for long. Now nah, then the no. Usos come back, and they're just, like, black by association. Oh, there's way too much just melanin in the ring at one time. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Vince is gonna look at that shit. One day, Vince, I, I guarantee you, Vince doesn't really watch Raw because you know Vince is going blind. That's like the rumor. He doesn't really see shit. So he's gonna turn it on. And be like, what are all these black people doing in my ring? Segment after segment. Triple H. You know, <laughs> you know like like the Flintstones or something. Ah, like uh, it's not gonna go well. It's not gonna go well. And there, I mean, I guess we only find out at Battleground, but there's so many different angles and different ways for this to go that uh, it has to clear up sooner or later, right? Because SummerSlam yeah. is around the corner. We have four weeks until SummerSlam. Yeah, Damn, it is right around the corner. Right around the corner. I just bought my tickets to NXT take, Takeover, by the way, and I don't even know if I'm Which going features to Which features Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's Owens. just going to fight every damn day. Maybe all, twice a day. All Kevin everything. But and then, shit, Samoa Joe might be in that. Hopefully it's a triple threat. That'd be nice. We'll see. They got to fill up. It's Barclays. It's not no small arena yeah. doing that shit at Barclays. Cheap, cheap tickets, too. Yeah? Yeah. I got, my, I got floor seats for like 90, 90 bucks. Ooh. So it's not bad at all. Nah, I haven't even bought my flight yet. I'm just <laughs> I just saw the tickets. I was like, hey, and I just went and bought them. But um, so let's give our official predictions. So you say Rollins, uh, Lesnar, what happens? Uh, I got Rollins. I got Rollins winning. Pin over Sheamus. DQ. Yeah, I'm with you, Marcus. DQ. He is the king of picking DQs, Yo, by the way. But it it DQs every every main event. If it ain't DQ a major it. pay-per-view, don't waste it. Just DQ them. <laughs> Yo, that, that was like a tactic that they used in like the mid-2000s. Every, every like main event ended in like countouts. And people would be like, boo! I was pissed because you paid for that shit. Yeah. Now it's free. DQ, I don't care. Hit him with a chair. Just, <laughs> it's nine ninety nine, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the satisfaction always lies in what the, the person who got did wrong does at the end. So, like, if Lesnar, if Rollins gets DQ'd and Lesnar, like, F5s him into, like, the, the Titantron, like, spins him like a helicopter, everything's saved. So, who cares about DQ? Very true. Uh, Cena Owens 3. Damn it, I hope Owens. I, I, I think Owens will win. I... I really do think lo- him losing is bad. I think whoever loses this wins at SummerSlam. So if Owens see, wins now, that's kind of shit. I can't see a fourth I can't one. See a fourth I, th- I see that involving 
Cesaro and now Rusev. I see that there's some kind of wild elimination chamberish style match Ooh, I at SummerSlam. Like yeah, triple threat, no DQ. And everybody three. hates Kevin Owens. And everybody hates Kevin Cena Owens. Cena goes for Marks. Well, no, Cena needs to stay in the picture because this is the best years we've ever got of Cena. Cena. I mean, once he loses the belt, the open challenge is over. Uh, I and think, well, well he he, once he, when he loses the belt, do you think he'll go back for the oh, big title? Shit. No! No! 16 times. No. You know, I mean, no, they got to no, do it no, eventually. No. They got to have him pass Flair. No, no. Keep the title, Cena. I don't want him <laughs> anywhere near the title picture. I'm going to cry when he passes Flair, by the way. That's going to be like the God, worst man. moment of my life. Should, I mean, if you're going to do it, build it up, do it right. Don't just yeah. waste it. You know, don't like, you know, do it on Cena a Cena beats Brock in no. WrestleMania. No, no, no let's Flair. not get crazy. No, hold on. No, I'm just no, saying, no. You want, how big do you want it? I mean, build it in terms of like, he needs to acknowledge, hey, something I want to do. Um, I looked up to Flair, blah, blah, blah. Don't just have it, have him win the title and then Michael Cole say, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> just in case you didn't know, right now, you made a story out of it. But uh, It's going to be horrible either way. Uh, my prediction, can I say D2 again? I mean, both. I mean, it makes sense to have Cesaro <laughs> come in and just mess it up and then have a three-way in SummerSlam. That so. is true. Yeah. And Russo's got nothing better to do. So not going to have back to that DQ, so... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Rusev and Cesaro are added as a match, now that we know Ryback's right right off the card. Not pre-show. Nobody's on the actual... No, R-Truth. R-Truth. The toilet King yeah, that's, that's is the, the pre-show oh, fight. Yeah. For the final time. So that is horrible. Uh, Reigns Wyatt. Wyatt. And I'm just going with my Wyatt. gut. Because this dude, stop making Bray Wyatt lose. Reigns is on this weird like losing streak, and it's actually trying to endear him to the crowd to make him look like an underdog, which is the weirdest shit ever, because he's so much not an underdog. But for storyline's sake, he needs to go ahead and lose. He needs to lose. White will pull some trick out of the bag, hit him with the sister Abigail, and then they'll have some kind of ladder match, dolls, barred match at SummerSlam. And they need to have a hell in a cell. I mean, there's no point in having a creepy guy unless you have a hell in a cell. That's true. Or a buried live match sooner or later. I mean, the matches don't disappear with The Undertaker. That's true. You have a creepy-ass guy, and you, you build up, and you talk about his kids and all this shit. You, you got to put him in a cell. I'm waiting for the kids to actually be on camera. I mean, they haven't really presented Roman's kids, you know, like Eddie and Ray, that whole angle. I think that's the next step is have Roman's kids actually there involved. And, yeah. And, and Roman in a Hell in a Cell match would be actually really good. Hopefully. He's been sneaky good since WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah he's been working. I mean, he's he's throwing Wyatt off the top, like through the announce table, like, yeah, like Undertaker Mankind yeah. style. Like, he'll do that shit. He'll spear him through the cell miraculously or something. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't care. So that would be a great match. And then, uh, who else do we have? Primetime players? Only other match I care about? Against New Day. Against New Day? Please please let New Day get the titles back. Yo, primetime players are still whack. Like, I, it's I, weird. I don't see it. Like, Dude, like I said last week, Darren Young it's is Titus, like... man. Yeah, it's Titus. Titus, I like, I like Titus, but as a wrestler, he, I don't know if he's just gotten sloppier over the years, but he just hasn't gotten any better. And Darren Young is like the black Roderick Strong. His moveset is like the black Roderick Strong, which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> But it's just when I watch those two together in the ring, it's like, I don't like Amos and Andy. Like, one works really well, and the other one's just like, it's like pinky in the brain. Like, yeah, I don't understand what's going on in ugly. here. It's ugly. Like, only thing Titus does well is that big-ass boot. But how hard is it to do a big boot with yeah. your biggest shit? I don't know. It's the only good movie. That, that slam thing where he kind of picks you up and just kind of discards you? And is, is that supposed to hurt? And then, like, looks at the crowd, like... And then does oh, the oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> right like, before make a sci-fi out there too. Yeah, listen, I don't I'm know. Sure man. I was never in a frat. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's so, the crown jewel. I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and pick New Day, just because. I'm gonna go primetime players. 
Oh, you're trading on us? I'm going New Day. Look at this. <laughs> He's supposed to be the Kofi Kingston over there. It's the heel turn, man. Someone's got to turn in that group eventually. Yeah, that's true. But Wait, what's left? Because now Ryback's... Uh, Orton and Sheamus. Orton and Sheamus. Another match I don't care about. Yeah. Um, Orton Orton. does it again. Orton wins... By RKO, and then Sheamus cashes in the second damn yeah, time. Yeah, Sheamus isn't going to win if he's going to if he's going to make the cash. Yeah. In. Yep. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll pick Orton because it's Orton. Because it's Orton. Yeah. Orton's the, the most underrated talent that the roster's ever had. When he's on top, people hate him. But when he's kind of lingering around, he's having like great matches. Yeah. And he, he's always reliable. I'm ready for Orton Cena again. Just have him like battle it out down there. Yeah, that, that's like some weird WrestleMania like losing. I wouldn't mind match. Orton getting the IC title though. If we need like an Intercontinental Champion, I see Open Challenge. Yeah, like that'd be interesting. Yeah, and just have someone good with the belt instead of pushing Ryback who yeah. injures yeah. people and gets yeah. staff infections. RKO's people out of places. Yeah, that would be dope. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. So, all right. So those are our predictions. One last time before we get rid of this wrestling segment. What up, Bay? Sasha Banks, I'm here for you. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of boxing. Yeah. And, uh, look, if Sasha Banks, like, if she goes on this show, what would you do? If she comes on this show, yeah. Oh. We're recording it, like video recording it, because my face is going to be legendary. Okay. You ever seen a black man blush? <laughs> it's it's going to happen. On that note. Hey, I'm right. just saying. All right, so we'll take a break. Actually, hold on. We're not taking a break. We got a guest. They're on oh. the phone right now, so uh, the break can wait. Yeah, yeah. We got our man from uh, Global Force Wrestling, so we get to go there next week, too. So let's introduce him. Yeah. Hey, guys. This is uh, Nicole Miss, uh, better known to some as Magnus. I promote the uh, Global Social in Vegas on July 24th. And also to promote my upcoming fitness book. Yes, that's going to be great. And you are going to be here so all the Vegas fans get to see you. And it's kind of a transition for you. How do you feel now at this point in your wrestling career uh, where now you kind of get to be yourself for the first time and build a new character and, and really get to a new audience of people? It's uh, it's interesting. It's exciting. I mean, I don't. I think that you know, towards the end of my my run in TNA, like I definitely was afforded a fair amount of freedom as far as you know my character was concerned, and, and, and you know portrayed myself. So I don't think it's going to be a huge departure. But at the same time, um, sometimes it's just you just need to change your scenery to just bring out something new in you. And I'm I'm looking forward to that and seeing what you know what that change of scenery will will do for me as far as uh, you know. What, what I bring out me and I don't even know what that's going to be yet I'm sort of excited about it because I, have, you know, it's not, I just want to, I want to feel uh, you know my new surroundings new opponents you know new company there's a lot of energy around it you know there's, there's, like, there's a lot of excitement and everyone's really like dialed in to try and make it a success um, and I am you know I know it's like a real typical thing to say but I'm really looking forward to coming back to Vegas I, I always have really good time wrestling in, in Vegas and uh, the Vegas crowd always been pretty good to me so I'm looking forward to it Hey, Nick, it's Andreas. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, I know you've talked about it in other interviews, but the decision to go to Global Force Wrestling. I mean, we know it's Jeff Jarrett. We know Jeff Jarrett's relationship with TNA. Um, but did you know uh, six months ago that this was the decision that you were going to make, that you were going to go to Global Force? Or, or where were you at six months ago? Um, I, I, don't, I didn't know for sure that I was going to go you know, and do something with Global. I did, I, I did know six months ago that when my contract came up, I was not going to resign with TNA. I was going to choose to to move on. I did know that much. Um, so the timing of of things was uh, was just sort of coincidental in that respect. That, that Jeff was really trying to kick things in and had you know and had a lot of dates in the books uh, with his Grand Slam tour, all these baseball um, stadiums, you know, and and and, uh, 
knew that my contract was coming up, you know, July the 1st, and, um, and I knew I wasn't going to stay. You know, I knew in my gut that I didn't want to stay. Um, so, and, and I knew, obviously, that Jeff had his shows coming up. So it was always one of those things, but, you know, I wasn't really until we started talking um, that I, I knew, like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, yeah, I want in. Like, I'm going to get on board with this. So... I mean, everybody talks about the uh, the morale of the TNA locker room. We have all these dirty reports. And I know you haven't said too much bad about TNA, but what kind of led to your decision that you decided, you know what, I'm not going to resign, I'm going to go elsewhere? Was it just that you wanted to move on to bigger and better things, or was it something behind the scenes? Um, it's a, that's quite an expensive question. There's quite a lot to it. You know, like I, I, there, there, isn't, there probably isn't one particular thing, but I will say this, I have done for a long time that... Um, you know, in my heart, I've, I've known for a long time, deep down, that I wasn't going to stay this time around. And I even said it to a few people who were close to me. Um, as far back as, uh, you know, even as far back as when I was the champion, I, I you know, I knew in my heart that when when my contract came up this next time, that that, that was it. Like, I had done everything I wanted to do. And truthfully, I only really stuck around the time before, you know, when my contract came up in 2013. I really only stuck around then because I wanted to become champion, because I wanted to, I don't know, it still sounds kind of silly, but, but, you know, it's just, I had put in a lot of time with TNA, and I felt, you know, and I had had to go through, like, a lot of different regime changes and stuff like that, and I had really built up a trust with the audience and the momentum myself, and I, and I, and I kind of just knew instinctively in my heart that if I stuck around, I, you know, that I would become champion, um, and I wanted to sort of see it through then, because it was like, I'd been there that long, I wanted to kind of you know, I wanted to stick it out and, and do it. So then when, you know, and then once that was done, it was kind of like, I, you know, I, I really, I made the decision based on a number of things. Um, but overall, you know, the reality is that I've done everything I can do there. I've worked with everybody I want to work with, you know, um, and I just don't think there's any more challenges there for me. Um, you know, and all I'd be doing now is just, it's sort of, you know, running in place. Um, I wanted some more opportunities and I think that, the opportunity with global isn't necessarily you know, apparent to a lot of people, but to me, it's very apparent because the opportunity is to be a part of something from the ground up and to be afforded a lot of latitude by Jeff, you know, for some opportunities sort of on an entrepreneurial level, um, you know, and, and and things of that nature and to be a little more involved in, in some things on the business side, which, which is something I've always tried to do. Anyone who knows me, anyone who's worked with me knows that, like, I'm a real student of the game and I really a lot of pride and a lot of yeah, a lot of passion for every element of the business, not just the wrestling part of it. So that was something that really excited me about getting on board with Global. And with Global, you kind of touched on my next question. What made them stand out over some of the other wrestling promotions that are out there? Because you were a free agent, pretty much. You could have went anywhere yeah. you wanted to. You were established. You had been a champion. You were in high demand. What set them apart from some of the other well-known promotions? Well, I mean, to be, to, to, to be born, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's just like they got their first. Um, but also, you know, I am still a free agent. You know, like I'm still going to be working, you know, I'm still going to be going and doing a lot of independent shots. Like I'm really excited about going and doing, particularly in the UK, I'm really excited about going and doing some stuff with uh, PCW in England and with ICW in Scotland, who are, you know, run some really great stuff. And, um, you know, and a few other things, you know, I've said publicly I'm a big fan of Lucha Underground, and, um, you know, if an opportunity was to arise there, I would love to explore it. 
that for him for everything he needs before, yeah. and that'll be a big part of global. Um, and you'll see more of that, um, you know, kind of unfurling in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. You'll see some more some more uh, really cool movements we're making. Um, you know that that will that you know that will involve me and and some other stuff that we're doing. So and, you know that I'm, I'm you know been privileged to be involved with. So it's like uh, you know for me, I'm committing. To, you know, I'm on board. You know what I mean? Like I'm in. But at the same time, I'm still I'm still keeping myself available. You know what I mean? Like I'm still keeping my ear to the ground because this is a startup. You know, like I'm helping Jeff out with a startup, and, and I want to do everything I can to make it happen. But at the same time, he knows. You know, at, at the end of the day, nothing is set in stone. You know, we've got livings to make. But for now, yes, like I'm hanging my hat with with global, but I'm still very much available. So let me ask you because you've had some great rivalries in TNA, and one of the ones that a lot of people. Is, Talk about the Samoa Joe rivalry. Um, what was your relationship like with Joe? And then when Joe departed, did you guys stay in touch? Did you talk to him before he made the jump to NXT? What was that relationship like? Oh yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe is um, probably the most, uh, you know, probably been the biggest influence, uh, you know, um, on, on my career in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, an advocate for me and a help. You know, the guy who's taught me more, I think, and, and done more for me. Than, than almost anyone. Um, yes, we have a very good relationship. I I had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago um, when I was uh, when I was back in, in Florida. Um, you know, um, Nicky and I are looking at houses out there again. You know, to, to look, you know, we're looking at properties, um, you know, and stuff like that. So we were sort of in in his neck of the woods. So we had lunch with him. It was really great. Really happy. Really excited. I'm, I'm really pleased for him. And um, you know, as far as you know what he's doing. Like, I mean, you know, he to me it was it was looking at the at the, the top of talent that's going in there now at this at the moment. You know, like um, Finn Balor, you know, Virgil, a guy who I know who's um, got most respect for, and then uh, Kevin Owens, you know, formerly Kevin Speed, is, is is done so incredibly well, and and then you know um, Neville, who was who was Pat, who was a guy who I spoke up for a long a long time ago. And, you know, a lot of these guys, like, that's the kind of uh, crop of guys that are going in now. Um, they're the right guys to be going in now, and I'm very pleased for them. And, and as far as all that stuff is concerned, it's like, you know, never say never. I'm just uh, keeping my ear to the ground as far as that's concerned. And, and obviously, I'll be watching Joe's uh, career, and I think it's going to blossom in the next, you know, in the next 12 months. I think you'll see him at WrestleMania, too. As a veteran wrestler, how do you feel about kind of the NXT promotion we just talked to Joe going into NXT, but you guys have proven so much already. You guys have been champions. You have your own brands, your own fan bases. Do you feel like NXT is a good move and a good organization for wrestlers such as yourself who are established already? Or do you kind of just see it as what it is, a developmental system, and the eye is still I, I, getting to WWE? I don't think I, I don't think now. I don't think, uh, certainly within the business, I don't think anyone in the genre is looking at NXT anymore as a developmental. I think they're looking at NXT as the action-oriented um, brand of WWE. And, you know, that's where you prove yourself in the ring. You know, and then it's, I, I think that the, uh, the end goal should be for everyone that NXT becomes a brand on, on the par with. Raw and SmackDown, and they and, and and guys fit where they fit accordingly. I don't think that there should be. I don't think there should be. I don't think there is a hierarchy, or it certainly is. Certainly, the hierarchy is much less. 
you say, you carve out a fan base for yourself, you carve out a reputation for yourself, but at the end of the day, you still have to do, you know, you, you, you carry out instructions based on the promoters, and, you know, if you're good, you can you can make it work and make it and, and get over anywhere. Um, so it really doesn't matter what the what the name is uh, of the show that you're doing it on, as long as people are looking at it. I wanted to ask you about the the uh, undefeated being undefeated in a promotion. Uh, you had an undefeated run uh, when Samoa Joe first came. He had an undefeated run. EC3 currently in TNA has an undefeated run. Do you think that there's a too much weight put, being put on undefeated wrestlers? Because it seems like when you reach the pinnacle, like such as yourself, you become the champion. It almost seems like the only place you can go is down if you've been undefeated for so long. Because you have to lose eventually. Yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, my undefeated thing was like, that was, you know, that was just from my, when I was introduced as a character like way back. And obviously right. that's, that's kind of a standard thing for a lot of characters. I mean, I, I, think, it's a, I, I think it's a bit of a hindrance, to be honest. Uh, I don't think, for, for the reason you just pointed out, that basically, you know, if you start to make it about wins and losses in a, in a situation where you're not in control of the wins and losses, then you're very vulnerable. Um, and I think that Crimson is a great example of that. He was undefeated for like a year and a half or something. And then, then when he lost, you know, look at Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg made a huge amount of money during that period that he was undefeated. But then the problem is because they made it all about that. Like, Goldberg didn't need to be undefeated. You know what I mean? He was just awesome. He was just over because he was just making, he was just getting a huge reaction. He was just the right guy in the right place, you know, the right time. But because they, then, in my opinion, because they made it about the undefeated streak, then it was like, oh, now it's just about the streak. He's the guy with the undefeated streak. Oh, the guy with the undefeated streak just lost. Now what? You know? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, as far as the EC3 thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have any opinion on it. It doesn't interest me that much. Uh, Well, let's talk about Global. That does interest you. I'm not sure how much you can divulge already. You guys are planning a huge push for this summer. But just tell the fans kind of what they can expect from it. The titles, uh, some of the match types, and just kind of what they allow you to do so far. Now that you're getting in there and kind of getting the direction and can plan matches. What is that promotion like compared to others? and the real life 
uh, sort of personalities of the athletes then, um, you know, flourishing into these characters and, and like, adding some sizzle stuff rather than everything being completely uh, created from scratch. You know, like, there's, there's going to be less playing God. You know, it's going to be less like, you are now this person. It's going to be like, yeah, you show me who you are. You know, and if you and if it, and if it works, then you know we run with it and we'll do more with it. But you, you know, it's about us showing the people who we are, who we really are. Because to me, the compelling stories are the real stories. And I've been saying that for a long time. That like that, you know, at TNA especially, if they'd have had cameras going around backstage doing a reality show or doing a you know a documentary series, like documenting everything that was going on behind the scenes, it it would have it could have won an Emmy. You know what I mean? Like, there was such compelling stuff going on backstage. You know, the, the stories of, like, the guys, you know, some of our lives, some of the things that were going on, and some of the, like, groups of friends, some of the things that we got up to. And I don't want to say it was all, like, sensational or, like, scandalous. Just interesting, you know what I mean? And, and just entertaining. And it was, like, I can't I can't tell you the amount of times that, like, even agents and, you know, and, and stuff at TNA would go, and the stuff happening back here is more entertaining than the stuff happening out in the ring. And... <laughs> I think that Jeff is sort of understanding of that and is going, let's find a, let's attempt to, um, to sort of make something of that. And I'm very excited about that because I've been saying that for a long time and, and, and obviously Jeff and I share that philosophy. So you talked about like the, the real life of it. Now, the, your relationship with Mickey James is public. Everybody knows about it. Um, but how long were you guys together before it became public? Was it something that you guys tried to keep under wraps for a long time? And then on the piggyback off of that, the the, the train angle, uh, can you give us your thoughts on that too? <laughs> okay. Um, well, let me give you the thoughts on the train angle first because it's short. Um, I thought the storyline up to that point was, was pretty compelling and then the train just killed it and we knew it was going to kill it. We didn't like it when it was laid out to us. It's going to, we're going to lose the audience. Like That just sounds hokey and silly, and, and you know, we're going to insult the audience's intelligence. And the response we got was, no, 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 no. You're wrong. Like, trust me, it's going to be great. And we went, I don't think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be stupid. And they did it anyway. And it was stupid. And that was it. So, you know, and, and, and that was it. And I just said, okay. And we moved on. Um, you know, because ultimately, and that was, and, and that's another, you know, that's another example of why I knew it was time to move on, because when everybody involved and everybody, you know, uh, who should be trusted, for, you know, for opinion and given some latitude for their opinion, all say the same thing and go, no, this is a bad idea, like, this isn't going to work. And yet, the one guy still goes, no, it's going to work, trust me, you know, and it happens, then that's just an example of where they're going wrong. So, I just, that was another, you know, that's that. Um, Mickey and I, I don't, I, I don't know how long we were together before people knew, because I don't really know what it was like knowing. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we made a bit of an effort in the beginning to keep it under wraps just because, you know, because like any relationship, you want to see if it's actually going to go somewhere first, you know, like, so, and obviously the thing with that is if you're in, you know, if people are, if, if everyone starts knowing about you, then, but then, and then, you know, a couple of months in, you kind of go, you know what, like, you know, we're not really right for each other. And, you know, and break up or whatever. Um, which, you know, which did actually happen one time with Mickey and I. You know, we had a, you know, we had a point where it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is right for us. You know, we're in different stages of our career, things like that. And then we went, 
you know, we tried it for a bit, and then we realized that we did want to be together. So, you know, so, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, some of that ends up being, you know, being played out in front of people, but uh, we're cool with it now. We're totally cool with it. We're Honestly, now we're, you know, obviously we have a child together and we're engaged, you know, we're getting married pretty soon and stuff like that, but, like, you know, we're, we're obviously solidly, you know, we're really like a team now at this point. That's the way I look at it, you know, in a lot of ways. But I, I don't know. I don't know how long we were together before people knew. Maybe it's maybe six months. All right, before we let you get out of here, everyone wants to know, what's your top five opponents? Like, if you can pick any people to have matches against, regardless of promotion, regardless of anywhere, who would those five people be that you would want to step in the ring with? Okay, so people I'd like to work with, that's what you meant, like people yeah, I've yeah. already worked with. Yeah, exactly. Okay, people I'd like to work with. Okay. Um, okay. Well, um, let me think. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, I think, is just such a compelling, iconic character. I think he's going to end up being an icon um, one day. Um, that would be one. Um, I'd love to work with with Fergal, with you know Finn Balor. I've never, you know, because even though we know each other, we've never wrestled. Um, I'd love to love to work with him. Um, <clears throat> Randy Orton, you know, I'd love to work with him. I think he's just the best of the best. Um, uh, I see. I'm quite fortunate because I actually got to work with a lot of people who I, you know, would always really wanted to work with. So I'm trying to think of people I haven't worked with. <laughs> um, um, let me think. Uh, well, I will say this. You know, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm totally comfortable saying this. That, um, you know, a guy I looked up to a hell of a lot. Or, you know, when I made the decision I wanted to be a wrestler was was always Triple H. Um, so, you know, part, part of me would always, I think he's an excellent worker. And, and, I, and I think that, I think sometimes, you know, as far as like, some of the criticisms that are lobbied against him as a worker are just absurd. Like, he's as good as anybody who's ever been in there. And anyone who's trying to sort of pile you know, anyone trying to sort of put an asterisk next to that, but, you know, based on his position of power stuff, it's delusional. He's, you know, he's just, to me, I think he's as good as it gets. Um, and I've always thought that. amazing uh thanks for joining us today before you know we leave tell everyone where they can see you on global and tell them about some of the stuff that's upcoming okay so yeah um july 24th is our first show at the orleans 
great i'm sure everyone will go and check that out thanks for joining us today great information and uh we'll see you in a couple weeks we'll be at the show thank you nick awesome looking forward to it thanks guys thanks this is usually where the sponsors will go but since we're sponsored by the people the people we wanted to tell you that you can follow us on youtube at the corner podcast you can ask us a bunch of questions. Hopefully the good ones at the corner pod at Gmail. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. at the corner LSN. My people. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We promised you we'll talk boxing. And here we are. And Floyd Mayweather has a new opponent for September 12th. Not confirmed. It's just a Reportedly. But once again, you're not going to give in to this until you nah, see them man, face-to-face I, in a, in a stand I won't believe it until I see him in the ring. <laughs> like, So, yeah, the rumor is Andre Berto. Yeah. And Mayweather this whole time has been saying Andre Berto. But can you really believe him? I can, because I think he wants to knock someone out. He wants his Jeter moment. He wants... The KO, fifth round, 49-0, and 0, I'm out. TBE. That's what he wants. Yeah, but see, you could do that with Amir Khan. It seems more difficult with Amir Khan. Why? Taller, lankier, rangier. Floyd's going to fight his normal fight against a fighter like Amir Khan. Against Berto? I don't think he fights his normal fight. I think he opens up. He's more aggressive. He looks for the knockout. I mean, he could knock out Berto. I just think, you know, if you want... I don't know. I don't know what, I, what Floyd wants anymore. I guess he has all the money that you could possibly want. We just talked about, like, Chad Mendes and Conor McGregor making $500,000. Floyd Mayweather wipes his ass with $500,000. ain't shit to Floyd. So, I don't know if there's anything more that he wants. I don't know if there's, like, an advertising deal with Hugh Blow if they go with, uh, like, network television, which I, which seems like the way to go for his la- supposed last fight. Yep, CBS. But, yeah, seems like that's the way they're going to go. But, I don't know, man. Birdo? Birdo? Here's, here's the thing. So, Khan's been just really silent. He hasn't said anything. 
And which is very unlike Amir Khan because remember last year with the whole Madonna thing, Khan was going nuts on social media. Yeah. He wanted the Mayweather fight and he said it every turn he got. We haven't heard shit from Khan. Well, that didn't work last time, so maybe the silent treatment works this time. Well, the other thing is both Amir Khan and Andre Berto are both trained by Virgil Hunter. So I guarantee anything that Berto was doing, Amir Khan is aware about. And Berto's Julie Goldsticker sent out a statement of Andre Berto saying, it's like, I'm glad to be in the running for the fight. It'd be a great fight. Something really corny, but they just felt like to send an email. Uh, Khan tweeted something about being involved. You know, who knows? It might be somebody else. It just feels like it's so tongue-in-cheek. Like, I'm just not buying any of this shit. <laughs> well, Floyd's not fighting himself. He started camp. And you don't start camp without knowing who your opponent is. Regardless if Dude. you announce it or not, like you have to have in mind who your opponent is. I think when he you start does. camp. I think he knows who's that's why I think Khan's been so quiet. I think he knows who he's gonna fight. He's just trying to figure out his little television. And deal. just troll everyone? Yeah. Cause like, dude, nobody believes he's gonna fight Kareem Mayfield. Like when he said no, Kareem Mayfield at Media Day, I was like, get the fuck out of here. So Birdo just I don't know. Then who does Birdo fight? Who cares? Who cares who Andre Berto fights? There's a million welterweights out there that would, would kill Andre Berto right now. Yeah. Yeah, you can fight your boy. Which one? Uh, that you want to fight Floyd. Who? Young, young dude. How am I forgetting his name right now? Talk about Errol Spence. Errol Spence. Well, I mean, Errol Spence would kill Andre Berto. But, but I mean, the same card. It doesn't make any sense. Like, But that's my whole point. Berto should be on the Mayweather. Like, any Keith Thurman... Like, shit, Berto probably lose. He lost to Colazzo when they first met years ago. Yeah. In my opinion, they lost. They gave Berto the decision. But, dude, Kel Brook would kill Berto. Berto's just not good. He, he's <laughs> trying to emulate Floyd Mayweather with a shoulder roll, and then Victor Ortiz beat his ass for that. Like, he's had his opportunity. He's been in line. He had his opportunity against Robert Grell. Lost Robert Grell. Grell got the shot. He had his opportunity against Victor Ortiz. Lost Victor Ortiz. Ortiz got the shot. Now it's his time. And now it's his time is he's beating nobody to get there. Because Floyd has no one else. Like, Floyd doesn't have to prove anything. Yo, he fought Pacquiao. He needs to prove nothing to anyone anymore. And that was always, like, the ace in the hand for for the crowd and for the fans and for analysts and writers and everyone like us. It's like, oh, but Pacquiao. Oh, choose someone because at least you're finding someone of note because you're not fighting Pacquiao. Now he fought Pacquiao. He dominated him. He got shit left to prove. He can fight anybody. He can fight my grandma on September 12th, and we all watching it. Because it's 49-0. If it's on free TV, we really all watching it. The yeah. numbers he'll do on that is crazy. It doesn't matter who he fights. It's, it's hard to get excited as a boxing journalist for that fight. Well, we'll be there. You got I mean, time. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll be there, but it's just hard. Like, it's hard to say, man, this, this, is, this is a wash. That's what this is. If this really happens, this is a wash. I hope it's not. What, I hope it's not him. Did I, Keith Thurman prove that he deserved the shot? After no. What, you what, saw? I, what did I tell you? Everybody said, "Who is this bum fighting Keith Thurman?" Now, granted, Colazzo is his shop warrant. Granted, all those things, but I told you he's going to give Keith enough problems. He's going to expose him. He may look Keith bad enough that Thurman could say, "You know what? Maybe I'll fight him." That body shot. I'll give Keith all the credit in the world. That boy almost that, went down. Oof, it hurt him. And Keith has a lot of holes in his game. And the funny thing was your boy Earl Spence jumped on immediately. He's like, I will murk him. Yeah. <laughs> the Twitter trash talk is nice. This is like the best like change in in sports is that now you can instantly talk trash and talk shit and everyone can see you. That that's great. I and mean, now Keith 
it's funny because the whole Floyd ran for Manny like narrative that so many people used. Right. And Floyd just you know was biding his time and finding the perfect time to fight Manny. I wonder if Thurman's gonna feel the same pressure now against Errol Spence. Like if he, he's not gonna fight him now, but as the years go by, the year two years, the pressure is going to get to him, and Errol's gonna stalk him with his words, and people are gonna clamor more for that fight, and they're going to fight. Because that's just how boxing is set up now. You're, no one's running like Floyd anymore. It's just not possible with the PVC and Heyman and the money out there. But until he does, Spence is just going to stalk him and just talk shit the whole way. And, and that's the right thing to do. Spence is a young fighter with a lot of talent. And there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be like, nah, you know what? I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to fight that guy. I'll take an easier fight for more money. That's what Heyman fighters do. All the time. So, I mean, granted... We did get the announcement of Abner Mars and Leo Santa Cruz, which was a long time. Finally. At Staples Center, which is, which is phenomenal. Are you going? I may have to go to that one. I'll be wait, there. wait, wait. That's like the week of SummerSlam. The week of SummerSlam. I'm not going to SummerSlam. So. I don't know. Where's I PWG at? L.A., Reseda. So I might do both, considering it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be at the boxing match. So if you want to do PWG, we'll go PWG. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, I, I just, know you got tickets already to Brooklyn because, you know, you're big time. But a big time. If you, wanna, <laughs> if you want to go to L.A., we go to L.A. and then go to PWG, you know. Yeah, let me figure, I gotta figure that out. Man. I got to figure all that out because that could be kind of fun. But Santa Cruz, Mares, and L.A. is like the best. Everything was, is right with that car. Mares wanted Santa Cruz. Mares, I talked to Mares this week. Mares says he basically talked Santa Cruz in a corner and forced his hand. I don't know if that's true. But Mars has wanted the Santa Cruz fight for a long time. A long time. time. Santa Cruz is, you know, he's always me. So, you know, whoever out there even puts in front of me, I'll fight. But um, what Mars did tell me is um, Abner was originally supposed to fight Gary Russell Jr. That fight was booked. And Leo came calling saying, I'll take the fight. And everyone was like, sorry, Gary, you got next. So yeah. Gary, Gary Russell will probably get, uh, maybe he'll fight on the other card, but he'll probably he'll get the winner of Santa Cruz and Mars, which is the, the whole division is it's wide open. It's fun. But the fact that this fight is in L.A. is the smartest thing that Al Heyman's done to date. There's no way that fight should be anywhere else but L.A. No, and they're going to pack it. Yeah. It's I'm glad it's not StubHub either. Like They gave them like yeah, a really a big venue. They're going to do it right. Yeah, and as long as the promotion is done right, it's a big fight. But um, going back to this whole matchmaking thing, it's it's weird. Like That's a good match. I go back to this Colazzo Thurman fight, and I'm like, who's the matchmaker for this? You just didn't make your boy look good. Yeah. He didn't look good. Keith looked pretty normal and he got a weird stoppage where Colazzo couldn't see and he, and the weird thing is I know Colazzo didn't protest it but he never said I quit or I can't continue he just said I can't see you guys do what you want yeah it should have went to the scorecards which wouldn't have meant anything anyway he still would have lost but it wouldn't have been a TKO but it gives the conspiracy people yeah it gives them something to chew on yeah to, to talk about and say oh well was it just a dive or you know was he just supposed to go in there and fold in the eighth anyway to make Keith look good? Nah, Which is not true. Yeah, I mean, he fought his ass off. So Keith had all he could handle. And Keith, eh, he's been looking a little funny in the light these past three fights. Yeah, I mean, Keith hasn't looked. You know, Guerrero was a great fight. I, and you, there's two things that could have happened there. It was either Guerrero was already ruined or Keith ruined Robert Guerrero that night and made yeah. him not look the same. We don't know which one it is. So we do know that Keith is hittable. He's there to be hit. And I think that's the one thing that Errol Spence sees right off the bat. I can hit this guy a lot. You know, and I can... And maybe his power is not as, as dangerous as everybody says it is. Right? Well, it hasn't been a, a lot of one times yeah, out there. So. One, two, three times, guys are still standing up. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for Keith Thurman. Um, 
a more a really intriguing fight for Keith right now would be against Marcos Maidana. Well, that'd be good. But Maidana's going to hit him a lot. But that's kind of... But then Keith could hit him. I mean, Marcos. Fun. That's, yeah. that's a fun fight. It's all about making fun fights. Like, Keith is a guy, if you ever talk to Keith Thurman, when he says, you know, somebody's always got to go, chaos for life. Keith isn't afraid to lose. Keith will tell you in a minute. Oh, he's not afraid to lose at all. Like, every time I interview him, like, he doesn't care. He's like, if I lose, fine. I'll just fight again. And I I like guys like that. They'll go to war. They'll risk everything. They'll lose and come back and fight again. Um, Another thing that happened on this card is is weird is uh, Tony Harrison, who's a big prospect from Detroit, from Crown Gym, um, got knocked out. And you said he dominated the fight, like you had uh, said when we talked before about it, and just slipped up, got yeah, caught he, slipping. He, he fell asleep at the wheel. You know, Tony. Tony's a big trash talker. Tony had a lot of potential to be a star. He spars with Gennady Golovkin. He's a heavy hitter. Um, he puts a lot of guys out within four rounds. I don't know what happened. He just had a brain fart and got. And he, he said before the fight, "I'm never gonna get beat by a guy with a country name." The guy he fought was Willie Nelson, <laughs> and Willie caught him with a three piece in the ninth round and put Tony on Queer Street. His legs couldn't do anything else, and he, it was a wrap. So it's another prospect that goes down. It's weird. All these prospects are losing, but. I hope boxing takes a note out of the UFC book and understands that losing is just part of the game. Yeah, it, it nobody's gonna matter. be Floyd. Just give it up. Yep, you can lose. It's okay. There's it no fight. problem with it. And, and just come back and styles make fights. And as long as you're exciting, yeah. the people will watch. Look at Sean Porter. Sean Porter lost to Kell Brook in a very contested fight. He could have went and fought a couple cupcakes. He didn't. He fought Bonet, which man, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But then he fought Adrian Broner. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people say and he was wasn't even good. supposed to fight Bonet, right? Like no, he was supposed to fight Robert, uh, Robert, Roberto Garcia. Yeah, yeah. Who actually didn't was supposed to fight Errol Spence and, and didn't make, make weight, weight either. But so he didn't go into the fight trying to take a cupcake nah, he, fight. He nah, just nah. ended up with a cupcake. Sean Porter likes to fight. We're gonna have him back on the show. I talked to Sean recently. He's ready to come back on the show. Yeah. So I mean, he oh, wants that made with the fight. He's kind of oh pissed. wait, we gotta have him on when that's yeah, announced. Have, gotta have the man Sean because he is going to be upset. But uh, the other boxing match I want to talk about. Canelo Cotto. We're going to be in the house. Yes, yeah, Vegas. It's been announced. Vegas. So we'll be there. MGM or Thomas and Mac. Who knows? I don't care. No, I don't care. It's Thanksgiving. Again. You know, I, we're going to go to that fight. I'm going to come over to your crib that week to eat. It's going to be, you know. Yeah. Selfish Andreas says, great. It's here. Andreas knows better for boxing. It shouldn't be here. That's why it should be in Cowboy Stadium or Madison Square Garden. Cowboy Stadium so weird. I mean... It's such a huge venue. Like, how is that even going to play out? Like, we'll see with WrestleMania this year. Mm. How a ring looks in that massive stadium. Well, they did. Or do you go? Yeah, but it's ugly. You just watch the screen the whole damn time. I know, but if you want to pack a place out, you can do it with that fight. It's just Vegas. It'll be a big fight. I don't care. I'll be there. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. It's the fight that I've wanted to see more than Mayweather Pacquiao over the years because I felt like it's just got better action. Mm -hmm. But, uh... It just takes a lot of traveling. Puerto Ricans got to come from the east. The Mexicans got to come from Cali or come straight up. That's right there. Yeah, Cali, Texas, drive for them. Arizona, they'll be here in two seconds. But I'm fine with it. I don't give a damn. And the Puerto Ricans love to gamble. They will be in Vegas. You tell Puerto Ricans two places. It's going to be a lot of fun. You want to go to New York or you want to go to Vegas, and they're there. There's going to be a lot of people fighting. Oh, I love it. I'm going to be out there just watching, just watching the ruckus. Yeah. And it's going to be a great fight week. I'm sure we'll do our show from there again. Yeah, and we will. We will. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll get to see if uh, 
the crowd because you know Mexican and Puerto Rican crowds are very spirited crowds. If they have anything, on these I'm guys, wearing all my Puerto Rico stuff that week too. Like, <laughs> like just with the shows and stuff, they're gonna go crazy. Yeah, yeah. I have my Boricua like just flag over. It's gonna be crazy. But can <clears throat> can it rival what we just saw at UFC? Can any like that Irish crowd? It was crazy. Even, it, was, it was insane. You know what? I've seen a, a better crowd than that though. Mm-hmm. Now that I like think back, the crowd for Pacquiao. Versus Marquez. No. When Marquez mm-hmm. knocked Pacquiao out, yeah, but that's that the nice. craziest that crowd was... I've ever heard or seen. Yeah, but that was that that was that particular moment. Like, all right, so if you remember Mayweather, I mean Pacquiao Marquez four was the Pacquiao Marquez that people were like, I'm tired of watching this. Yeah. That's the fight that everybody was like they were over it. Marquez had his fans because Marquez fans were pissed because everybody thought Marquez won, won, won the third one. Yeah. The knockout happened was the big shot. And it was a great fight up until that point. But that energy that carried throughout? You have, yeah, I mean, it wasn't throughout. But once again, there's not great undercards in boxing. There's not like a ton of other stuff to get exciting about. I mean, that place was loud. Like, the entrances were loud. Like, when when Connor, when they showed Connor on the screen with Sinead singing, it was the crowd it went erupted. That was, that, was, dude, that was a spectacle. That was great. And, and I've always said my whole life that I love MMA because I, I love UFC because the cards are stacked and the, the, the action's better. But there's nothing ever like a big boxing match. Like when Mayweather fights, like the feeling that you get when you see that main event. But that was the first time I saw an MMA event where I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this is, like you, you yeah, we got goosebumps in there within people yell. My hands were shaking. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, yeah. tweet or anything. Like I just lifted my hand up and got the crazy shakes. It was like if you're bloodthirsty, that was the card to watch. Like I'll show that to any any person who just likes fighting but doesn't ever watch like MMA. It's like here, watch this. You're gonna be a fan. You're like this oh, happen yeah. every week? No, absolutely not. It doesn't happen every week. But yeah, you should watch this. Yeah, I mean you'll get one of these at least per card. Can't say that for boxing. I've been in a lot of boxing, you know, Man. matches and seen a lot of boxing where. It's just decision after decision after decision. Right. So man, there's some dreadful cars. There's nothing. All right, if you've never been to a fight, there is nothing on maybe on this planet worse than showing up for the undercards that start at three. Most people on the Pacific time start at three. Like you guys think we're here like right before the main event. Yeah. I when I worked for Fight News, we covered every fight, so I had to be here at three. Nothing worse than twelve fights that all go to decision. Nothing. That's horrible. Nothing like, and then I've you're never gonna, been there for that. Dude, Thank it's God. the pitch. Twelve fights to go to a decision, or ten fights to go to a decision, and you're just kind of sitting there, and you start your interest starts waning. You start like surfing like Amazon to buy shit. Like I just <laughs> I, I used to buy shit during fights. It, it's those are the pits. There's nothing worse than that because it's like five round. There's like six rounders, and then you get a ten rounder, then you get a twelve rounder, and then the main event sucks too. Then I stay for the press conference. It's like a twelve hour day. Yeah. But, I mean, our UFC days are around, what, 10 hours, 9 yeah, hours? Yeah, they're longer, but they're but different. So it's like easy. short bursts. It's so like, easy. You know, three five-minute rounds go yeah, quick. I can watch the fight pass fights. I can get there early, you know, sit down there, go back for interviews, eat, whatever. It, days go by fast. Yeah, boxing, you're just there. You don't get boxers to interview in between fights. It's all about the press conference. So you just got to sit there, eat whatever crap food that's put out there because some days we get... Like the Mayweather special we got this week was yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Greek chicken. I'm so sick of that shit. And the meatballs and like yeah, whatever. some weird rice. <laughs> Yo, UFC does a lot of things right that boxing should take note of. Including the food. Shout out to the, the Mexican like day catering. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, their tacos are amazing. So, uh, all right. I guess that's it though, right? Yeah, I mean, man. We talked about everything. 
damn, you guys have been here with us for two hours now. You must really like us. I hope so. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, next show, make sure you guys come back. Next week, we'll have another guest. Yeah, we'll yeah. have more stuff to talk about. We'll recap Battleground. Yep. And special thanks to Nick Aldis for uh, Global Force Wrestling, who uh, will be wrestling next week. We'll be in the house for that, for Jeff Jarrett's new promotion. We'll check that out. Uh, and our other guest, Marcus Vandenberg from Yahoo Sports. Uh, he has his podcast, Kings of Sports, so you can check that out. Um, it's good to have them on here to shoot the shit with us because, you know, we get tired of talking to each other all the time. Well, he gets tired of talking to me mostly. Yo, you well, haven't said too many, shirts are, yeah, You just haven't said a production. lot of dumb shit. It's coming. I know it's coming, but we agree on stuff like future, so it's cool. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never said dumb shit, by the way. The shit you disagree with. The people love me. Thank you guys for staying with us for this show. Make sure you check out our YouTube, and we'll post that on Twitter a lot as well. We'll put the link in our Instagram bio so it's a little easier for you guys to find. And you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, the Corner LSN. You can follow me at Kel Dansby. Follow me at Andreas Hale. And say something. Like, y'all follow me and don't say shit. I'm going to start calling y'all out. Yeah, right? Like, just say what up to us. We answer all your questions. Tell us about the show. Tell us how Andreas is crazy. And uh, keep your eyes off of Bay, and we're all good. <laughs> so until next week, we're out. Peace.